welcome to the Geeking Poetic Podcast channel. On this channel, we have shows and segments that contain adult humor. Bad language, dirty jokes. And other stuff that is strictly for mature audiences only. So if you're too young or too sensitive for this kind of material, then please do not watch our channel or our videos. This channel is not for you. Thanks much. And now, on with the show! Hey, there we go. What's going on? Hey! There we got people already here. Oh, Papa Loco! Hey, hey. what's up? It's, it's our favorite toy store, man. I love, love Papa Loco. I actually have a, a order that I'm waiting need to put order. in. You need to open? <laughs> yeah, I just got an email today, and I was like, oh, there's some good stuff. There's pops on sale. Uh-oh, Funko Pops. You like Funko I Pops? I love me some Funko Pops. Exactly, so. I do, I do. All right, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to Geeking Poetic Podcast. All right, can you guys hear us? Just real quick, I always have to do the check. Can you guys hear us? Everybody, everybody hearing each of us? I'm, are we I'm echoing. Yeah, no, we're not echoing or anything like that. Yes. Stop it. What? Stop that. <laughs> it's cool. It's cool. What? 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 Yeah. I don't think there's any echo. 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 <laughs> None, <baby>. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh man happy to be back it's been a little bit it feels like we haven't done this in a while it's been a spell it has been a spell uh of course for everybody that is maybe tuning into this later or now if you're not just not talking to us or whatever uh and you don't know who we are we are geeking poetic podcast i'm larry roberts this little uh speaking of our own fun little funko pop in the middle here <laughs> She's she's our own little pop. We need to get you in a little box, little Megan pop, right? Yeah, good luck getting me in the box. Yeah, that's, yeah, no. She's too feisty for that. Feisty. Feisty. <laughs> we have none other than. Megan Guess. And then, down there. Miami Vice over here. On the end. Yeah, I, I, we're doing 85. I got, <laughs> Hi, I'm Matt Velucas. How's it going? <laughs> and uh, for those of you who can't see me right now, I have my white linen blazer on with my Aqua blue V-neck T-shirt, sleeves rolled up, swatch watch on, hair piled high. I am ready to talk about. <laughs> my, seriously, my favorite year of the '80s. It, you know, it seems like 1985 is regularly mentioned as a favorite year. I mean, we've, of course, there's the song. Mm -hmm. I know you dig that song. I love. I love me some Bowling for Soup. Yeah, love every, it. Everybody knows that. I'm not going to sing it because we'll probably get dinged for it if we do, yeah. <laughs> and everything. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. Before I started compiling stuff for this episode, I was thinking about it, and we kind of picked it randomly. Basically, we're going to be when we're going to be doing these Geek Minds Rewind episodes. We're sort of like randomly brand picking. new segment, by the way. Brand new segment. It is a brand new segment. Thank you for pointing that out. And what is it called? Literally, he pointed. I did. I pointed Geek <laughs> Minds Rewind. Yeah, and what the obviously it's we're putting our Geek Minds together to rewind back to um, a but, certain year. This know. year, this week, this episode. 1985. I'm Casey Kasem. <laughs> Welcome to 1985. Giggity, giggity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I really thought about that Casey Kasem and uh, Quagmire, Quagmire yeah. are a little bit alike, aren't yeah. they? Ugh. Just a school. It's <laughs> <laughs> the first thing we got out of Meg is, ugh. It's been a long night, guys. <laughs> but, I mean, it, you know, joking aside, we have an entire year to cover. It's going to be a long night. We always talk about how we, we can talk for hours, and I feel like tonight is going to be one of those nights, like an entire year of music, movies, TV, yeah. pop culture, news, 
food like all over the place. This is I'm I'm super stoked about it's a this. Big year. It's a very big year. Yeah. Very big. Yeah, there's a lot really, of very, really, really, big really big year. I knew see. <laughs> yep. Uh-huh. Such fucking dorks, man. Geek minds, baby. Geek minds. <laughs> geek minds, geek alike. Uh-huh. But yeah, uh, so we're not there's a lot of stuff that we're not gonna be able to cover because there's just way too much. But we 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 kind of picked out some uh, cherry picked some certain things that really stand out. But we invite you, uh, if you're live with us right now, we invite you to bring up things in the chat uh, because I'm sure there's things we're going to forget about and be like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. How did we not mention that? How did we not? And if you're listening or watching this later, because we will put this up, of course, on Spotify and all those other places, um, we encourage you to leave comments or join us in the Facebook group, The Geeking Squad, where we will answer and talk about it and probably have egg on her face for obviously missing really yeah. obvious ones yeah <laughs> things we should have brought up but um i was thinking about it like i mean there's so much to get into let's just not even uh you know dick around with it too much we're already getting comments here yeah. uh scott tucker says tawny didn't dance on white snake's car until 1987 and that's true and in the bowling for soup video she did she was on that but yeah. I'm okay with that because it was Tawny Katane on the hood of a car. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, at least by 85, Tawny Katane was already sort of an icon in the rock world because she had been on a rap album, a couple of rap albums. No, covers. she'd been on a lot of things, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> she'd oh been gosh. on Nikki Six. She'd been on Robin Crosby. She was, she was you know, on probably all of- sorts of fun substances. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Hey, man, it was the 80s, you know? I mean, that's what you did. It was it's, a decade of decadence for a reason. Everybody was decadent in the 80s, not just not just old Tawny. I mean, just about everybody. But uh, I was thinking maybe we could just delve right into, uh, let's get into movies. Let's do movies let's first. Let's do it. You good with that? Yeah, All right. let's rock it. So let's look at the year in movies. Dun, dun. That was my little my little montage thing I put there for you. It's a montage. It's a montage. Yeah, so, I mean, we're not going to do, you know, people are used to us doing, like, top five stuff mm-hmm. and everything. We're not going to, there's, for one thing, I actually got a little afraid at first when we started talking about this, and we hadn't decided we weren't going to top five it, because I looked and I said, oh, there's no way. Yeah, I could not <laughs> pick a top five out of this. There's no, uh-uh, uh-uh. No way, because this year has some of my favorite yeah. Favorite movies uh-huh. of all time. Meg, why, why, why don't yeah, why don't you start off cuz I know me and him just keep talking talking like we do. <laughs> yeah. What about you? Like what's some of your favorite movies? What movies do you think are worth mentioning? Um my favorite of course would be Joel of the Nile. Wow. Okay. That wasn't what I was expecting. No, no, to I, was, say. I was like, yeah. wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> um then probably maybe um what let me see. I got a list here. Um <laughs> I love Commando. Wow. Okay. Again, she's just throwing out all. Yeah. <laughs> Which one? Way off. Um, uh, let me see. Uh, Police Academy. Those were always fun. <laughs> and probably the Goonies. Goonies. Excellent choice. Yes. Yeah. Excellent. Oh, Beverly Hills Cop is always fun. Oh, too. yeah. It was, oh. That was 84, wasn't it? Um, I don't know. It says, I don't know. Number okay. two no, for no, the no, year. No. Here's the thing. It, so it, did it just play for a long time? It came out 
the second week of December 1984. Ah. Oh. So its runtime was actually December, really more. 85. It's it's considered an 85 film because it just barely, you know, squeaked by. Squeaked, squeaked by at the yes. very at the very was a Christmas movie essentially. Um, yeah. Not a Christmas movie. A movie that came out in the Christmas. <laughs> not, I'm not getting into that trap no. again. Die hard. <laughs> but um. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, I guess that counts. Yeah, let me look at the list. I I don't know. See, what man. was the second? So you had mentioned so Jewel of the Nile, which I, I absolutely loved. That was one of those like when I was a kid, I didn't realize how cool those movies were. Like that, and uh, so Jewel of the Nile, and then what was the other one? Um, Romancing the Stone. Yes. You know, and uh, Michael Douglas and Kathleen Turner had such great chemistry in I that, love, and you I had like love those the awesome Danny DeVito, who you know was playing that little like offset character. Yeah, those those were like it was like Indiana Jones in like a romantic comedy kind of thing. It was I love those movies. Mm-hmm. Those were awesome. I eat that up. It's yeah. right up my alley. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that is totally yeah. up your alley. Numero uno. Yeah. It's just funny. Like you just never know what to expect with Meg because I was <laughs> not expecting her to be like. Jewel of the Nile and Commando. It's like, <laughs> wow, this, okay. Yeah, this is the year that gave us stuff like Back to the Future and <laughs> The Breakfast Club, you know. Okay, so now you have Goonies on there. Do you remember, because they don't show this in the like the newer TV versions, do you remember when it first came out there was the octopus in the scene? Yes. In the, uh, with the um, the pirate ship. Yeah. Yeah. Like in the, the most recent viewings that when you see them on TV and like even the newer cuts, they've taken that out completely. And I felt like, when I was talking to people about the, the 1985 stuff, this came up, and I'm like, do you not remember the octopus? And they're like, no, what octopus? And it's almost like that Mandela effect, like the Berenstain Bears. Some people remember the octopus scene in it, and then, but they cut it out essentially because why would an octopus be living where the pirate ship is walled up in this, <laughs> this underwater cave? I mean, it makes sense to cut it out, but it was one of the coolest things about the movie when I was a kid. I love the idea that they were like realistic. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, that's where we draw the line. <laughs> right. Octopus. The thing about this Goonies movie, I don't know. You know, I feel like it's all extremely believable until we get to that <laughs> octopus part. Yep. <laughs> yep. 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 Yeah, that's funny. No, I, I. Yeah, I totally remember because isn't it like doesn't Steph? She's getting angry because she keeps thinking Mouth is like goosing her. Yeah. Yeah. In the water, and uh-huh. she's like, "Knock it off, Mouth!" And he's like, "I'm not doing yeah. anything." And it turns out it's the octopus, yeah. right? Yeah. Because then, yeah, because then at the very end of the movie, when they're all like rambling on to the authorities and stuff, they're like, "We found the ship," and then there was the organ, and she had to play the organ, and then the octopus, uh-huh. and they even mention it. Yeah. So yeah, it's not out. there anymore. No, no. In the most recent cuts, they took it out. It's crazy. Wow. Yeah. That's okay. That is that is really weird and Mandela y. Yeah, right? I'm telling yeah. you, man. I'm telling you. Yeah, I saw, I love the Goonies. I saw that movie. That was the first movie that I ever went and saw on my own. Mm-hmm. Uh, my parents went and saw something next door. They wanted we, I went to River Oaks in Calumet City and they wanted to go see a movie. And I remember I was real grumpy that day because I wanted to just like be out riding my bike, listening to suicidal tendencies and stuff. That's what I did in 1985. I was riding my bike that summer with my little mini boombox, listening to the first suicidal tendencies album, <laughs> just being angsty, mm-hmm. angsty tween. And uh, they made me come home and stuff. And they were like, oh, we're going to go to the movies. And they wanted, I forget what they went to see. They went to see something I didn't give a good goddamn about like out of Africa or something like mm. that which I would now I'm like oh yeah very interesting movie but when I was like 12 no I didn't care but then it turned out that the theater next door we got there and they saw it was Goonies and they were like oh do you want to go see that and I didn't know anything about it like I barely heard about it 
like that it was coming or any promo. I hadn't seen the Cindy Lauper video yet, the iconic Cindy Lauper yeah. video with all the wrestlers and stuff in it. Goonies are good enough, baby. Yep. <laughs> They're good enough for me. But I was just like, yeah, okay, that's fine, you know, because they were like, yeah, you know, we'll wait for you or, you know, vice versa when the movie lets out. And I went and sat in there all by myself, and there wasn't hardly anybody there either. And But I was just completely enraptured with this movie. Like, I didn't know what to expect, and I was like, it, it just, it was perfect for that age. I was 12 years old, I mean, which is basically around what their age were, was yeah. supposed to be. It was like 12 or 13, something like that. So... I, I just completely got sucked into this, and uh, and it had short round in it, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which, you know. and of, Booty traps. Yeah, that's what I said, booty traps. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and Sloth was funny, like that whole that whole thing. What is my mom saying? My mom's in the chat. She oh, says, she have no, no clue what, what we would have gone to see at that time. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember what it was. You guys went. It was Romancing the Stone. No, because Romancing the Stone would have been, you mean Jewel of the Nile? It, I thought, sure. yeah, maybe they went and saw <laughs> Jewel of the Nile. But see, I would have wanted to see Jewel of the Nile because I loved Romancing the Stone. Yeah. So I would have totally been down with that. But if it was, or maybe they went and saw Witness or something like that, like, because I know they like Harrison Ford, you know, it's entirely possible they saw that. Your mom says, apparently I need to rewatch Goonies. <laughs> Everybody needs to yes. watch Goonies. Yeah, it's been yes, a long one time. of the most quotable movies of all time, as far as I'm concerned. Oh yeah, and especially if you're a certain age. Mm-hmm. But I mean, Matt, you have to bring up. I mean, I think is it your favorite movie of all time? It's got to be up there in your top five, right? What the number one movie that year was? Back to the Future. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> Hell yeah. Okay, so so uh, yeah, this one of the reasons I was stoked to talk about 1985 is Back to the Future, and you know you you pulled that for some of the the clips and the montage. Right. <laughs> okay, so there were so many cool things about this movie. I mean, the DeLorean. I mean, I okay. fell in love with that car from the minute it was on screen. The gullwing doors and the awesomeness of it was great. You know, uh, Huey Lewis. This started my love, my real oh, okay. love of Huey Lewis. I knew who he was before this, but this sure. movie. The soundtrack was everywhere between Power of Love and Back in Time, like all over the place this summer uh, of, of 85. Um, I, I went out and I bought a puffy jacket because of this movie. Like I had on my, you the know, puffy vest, the yeah. puffy vest, the, uh, my, my life preserver. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, it was where uh, my, my love of like Chuck Berry and the oldie stuff really came from. My dad, you know, I, I listened to that growing up with him, but this like to see it kind of personified that guitar, the, the, it, I love the 335, the Gibson, but this one I think was like the 347 or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Like an offshoot like that. of it. But, um, time travel movies, like this was just like the epitome of awesomeness and it had Alex P. Keaton in it, you know, and Christopher Lloyd, who I didn't really know as a kid i you know taxi was before my time i didn't really know oh okay who See, he i knew was. Who he was but yeah. yeah everything about this movie from beginning to end and the coolest thing for me was as a nine-year-old kid seeing this movie in the theater and we used to go to this small little movie theater in dalton uh because they had like the the cheaper movies oh yeah in, like, in dalton yeah i remember yeah. that Mm-hmm. And growing up, like, poor around here, like, that's where we went. Like, we didn't go for, like, the first run movies. It was out for a while, and then it came to this little theater. And I remember seeing it, and the end of the movie, when the DeLorean flies off, and it says, to be continued, I'm like, oh, there's going to be more. And, and <laughs> right. as an adult, they totally did it as a joke. There was no plan to do two and three oh, at that really? moment. Yeah, yeah no, no, I it didn't was know just, that. Yeah, it was just to kind of tease and be silly with it. But I'm like, they're going to make another one. This is the coolest thing ever. Yeah, this, to me, was like the quiz. It had everything. It had cars. It had goofiness. It had time travel it had rock and roll in it it had alex p keen i love yeah 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 hands down <laughs> well you know the thing about that movie is sometimes 
you know, because I, I know it wasn't planned, uh, especially since we know that at first, uh, although they, they originally wanted Eric uh, Stoltz. They, yeah, well, before they got Eric Stoltz, they wanted, uh, what's his nuts? They wanted Michael J. Fox. He wasn't able to do it because he was too busy with family ties mm-hmm. and stuff at the time. So they got poor Eric Stoltz, who I love Eric Stoltz, man. Eric Stoltz is awesome. He just wasn't right for that role. Um, so thankfully, they got Michael back. But what's interesting about it is when you look at that movie, you look at it now and you go, well, how could that movie lose? You know, you had like arguably one of the hottest young actors of the time. Huey Lewis in the News was just blowing up and being like one of the biggest American rock bands around. Um, it was doing the whole like 50s thing, which was mm-hmm. still the, the 50s, early 60s. That was still like kind of um, kind of chic. There was still a lot of things going on with that because right around that time and not long after you had Peggy Sue got married, you had uh, Dirty Dancing. Like that was that was still very cool to like flash back to that. Mm-hmm. That was a lot of people were into that. And like it was just like they hit all these notes just perfectly. But what's funny is when they started making that movie, because they started making that, you know, what, two years or whatever before that, all those things were not happening yet. You know, Huey Lewis was not like a major artist yet. Michael, uh, Michael J. Fox was just like an up and coming star. I mean, only people only knew him from the first season yet of Family Ties. Mm -hmm. I mean, he was new and it was just so funny that like they they just hit like the lotto numbers, you know what I mean? Like that with their casting and everything, it's a brilliant movie. And it's amazing that that it's rightfully number one in that year because it still resonates. Like there are little kids now that are like eight, nine years old that love. Yeah. Uh-huh. My nephew was all about that. Right. He went there as um, mm-hmm. dude for Halloween. Oh, he went as Marty McFly. Yes, no it. kidding. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and, and my kid is six now, and um, we we just started playing Grand Theft Auto, and in there, one of the one of the cars you can buy is the DeLorean, and it actually oh. flies like it does in the second oh, boy. and everything, and it's awesome. And he he just loves that car. I'm like, buddy, we need to watch the movie. And then downstairs in my office, I have uh, at least like 24 by 36 print of. Uh, the scene in Back to the Future 3 where uh, the train is pushing the DeLorean yeah. and the smoke blows up. And he's like, Dad, why is there pink smoke coming out of the train? I'm like, because they needed to get the car up to 88 miles an hour, but they couldn't, so they had to use the... T-. I'm like, just do, let's watch the movie. Yeah. I'm not even going to explain it to you. Let's just go watch it right now. And we haven't had the time, but like... <sighs> I, I'm so oh, stoked knowing to watch him, this with Knowing my him, kid. he's going to love it, yeah. man. He's going to be all about yeah. it. Oh, But yeah, to me, yeah, 85, that was that. Um, uh, again, with Michael J. Fox 2, Teen Wolf came out in that same That's year. Right. And it was, it was, for me, who loved Michael J. Fox from Back to the Future, Teen Wolf was just as awesome. It was a little bit more raunchy, a little bit more adult humor with that. Um, but the idea of Michael J. Fox playing this, you know, werewolf who just wants to be a regular kid at the same yeah. time, I'm like, yeah. It's a double Michael J. Fox year, and it was awesome. <laughs> so I thought it'd be interesting was as we're doing this, we'll probably do this every time with these. Um, I thought that it might be interesting to look at what the top movies officially, according to box office records and everything, were in that year. Um, so it's hard for us to read here, but I know we got, it's like Back to the Future is in there. Gosh, I can't even read that. Here, you know what? I'm just going to blow it up for us. Blow it up. Blow it up. So you had number two movie of the year was Rambo. Wow. <laughs> so 80. Like, is there anything more 85 than to say the number two movie of the year was fucking Rambo? No, no. 
And that was First Blood, right? Because it wasn't it wasn't Rambo Rambo, was it? No, it was Rambo Rambo, First Blood Part Two. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then we've got uh, Beverly Hills Cop was number three. Uh-huh. Rocky Four was number four, appropriately. Man, so Stallone was riding high. Uh, number five was Cocoon. I bet you it could even be Cocoon that my parents went and saw when I went and saw. I loved that movie. I, I dug it. Because yeah. it, it was Gutenberg, who I loved from Police Academy movies. So I gave it a chance because of that. And then, do you guys know, okay, this freaks me out, is that Paul Rudd is now the age that Wilford Brimley was when he was in Cocoon. Oh, wow. Isn't that weird to think that Paul Rudd is as old as Wilford Brimley was in 85 during Cocoon? Well, but wow. Paul Rudd's an immortal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got a... Um, a bad judgment there. Yeah, true. Okay. <laughs> Fine. But, I um, thought it was cool. We got a note <laughs> It in would the... if it wasn't Paul Rudd. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we got a note in the chat said, did you know that Goonies and Back to the Future both take place... Yes! Yes, I did know that. On the same day, 11... Yes. 11, was that 26? 11, 11 26, 85. Uh, 10, 26. 10, 26, sorry. Jesus. Yeah, 10, 26. I'm not wearing my glasses, all right? Uh, uh-huh. I just want to read all this time. Well, then you guys thing. read it. Yeah. No, because you guys laughed at me last time. That's there true. So, um, yeah, the other ones that were big that were like Witness, uh, The Goonies, of course, Police Academy 2. God, Police Academy 2 made it into the top 10 movies. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, up until like Police Academy 3, those things were awesome movies. And then they just started churning them out like these B movies straight right. to VHS. Like, I think when they Shark went to Miami is when it really started to kind of fall to shit. Yeah. View to a Kill, the, the it was the latest. Uh-huh. Yeah. Of course, it had Duran yeah. Duran in yep. the soundtrack. That's how I remember it. Uh, National Lampoon's European Vacation. Yep. That, that's that's the one I like. Cause I'm not the biggest fan of the vacation movies. I I can't stand Christmas Vacation. I know, I know. Everybody should be like, oh, yeah. how can you hate Christmas Vacation? I just don't like that I'm movie. With you. I don't think it's that funny. No. Um, Fletch. <laughs> oh boy, that movie. Put it on the Underhills tab. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Love me some Fletch. Breakfast Club. Okay, so let's talk about that one. Yeah. Um, Breakfast Club was one of those movies that I didn't see when it first came out. It was it oh. was one of those like it came out on video, and part of it was because you were kind of young, um, right? Yeah, I was I was young, but I also grew up in a very Catholic household that I was very sheltered from the movies that I uh. couldn't couldn't see. And Breakfast Club was one of those like my parents wouldn't let me watch it. If I went to a friend's house, it was cool to watch over there. Yeah. Um. But and and I'm sure we're going to talk about this when we get to movies. But to me, the the iconic song "Don't You Forget About Me" from Breakfast Club. Oh yeah. Is and I've said this multiple times, and I, I will die on this hill, that that is the song for me that defines the 1980s, is Don't You Forget About Me. Okay. And the fact that it came from this movie, which was really just these, you know, six characters in one room for the duration of a day. The, the plot wasn't much more than that. Like, it, no. it, wasn't, it wasn't like time travel. It wasn't anything. But it, John Hughes had this way in all of his movies of writing these characters that you really cared about every single one of them and the way that they interacted together. And I, I, I don't understand how Breakfast Club wasn't higher up on that list for everything. Well, that's kind of why I wanted to show this list and what, my, what my point was. It's interesting looking at these different lists from back then because like you and I have talked about before and Meg, you and I have talked about it before is that as well is that it's sometimes the success that something has whether it's an album you know music album a Mm -hmm. song on the radio a tv show a movie it might be a big success but it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to become like an iconic part of history Mm -hmm. or or something that people like you know revisit i mean when you're looking at this list and you realize that movies like witness and fletch 
ranked higher than something like The Breakfast Club, whereas The Breakfast Club is so iconic. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is it's most people would say, oh, it's one of the biggest movies of all time. And yet looking at these lists, it didn't rank that high. Right. And I mean, getting into some of my movies that are favorites. Well, so real quick. So yeah. C-Times 1970. Do you know who that is? Yes. Okay, I don't. I apologize. Hi, I'm Matt. Um, <laughs> but just think, his comment, her comment, is just think of all the soundtracks from these movies. And that's oh, yeah. true. Like, the soundtracks, the 80s were also, like, the time of the soundtrack. I mean, Kenny Loggins fucking ruled the 80s oh, yeah. because of the soundtrack. And it, it felt like the, the 1980s, were the, and I will get into this in music, but it was one of the first times that the soundtrack was just as important as the movie itself. And I think that yeah. some of these movies that I love so much, like Back to the Future and The Breakfast Club, the reasons that I love them so much is that the soundtrack sticks with me as much as the movie itself. Well, when you think about a movie like Breakfast Club, and, and again, considering the time and what was hip and happening at the time, mm-hmm. Breakfast Club, in so many ways, it's shot and staged and stuff like a music video, mm-hmm. you know, the scenes of them running down the hallways, you know, to the uh, Wing Chung song and everything, you know, and trying to get back to the room before uh, what's, before Dick gets back uh-huh. there and everything, or them doing the dancing after they smoke the weed and all yep. that kind of, like, they're, and, you know, even the famous scene at the end where they're playing uh, playing that song, playing Simple Minds and Bender walking, walking across that football yeah, field and everything. Yeah, and yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's just like, it's like a big music video, and that's you know, yeah, it's brilliant. Any other stuff, Meg, that that you would like to mention from from the movies that you're interested in? No, I don't think so. I think you guys covered okay. the I biggies. A, I have a couple more, if I may. Yeah, that's fine. Okay, so first of all, just one of the guys. This oh was my God. this was <laughs> it was kind of a throwaway movie, and I don't even honestly I don't remember the cast much. I remember the basic plot was that there was a girl who wanted to play sports and she couldn't because she was a girl and not a guy. So she taped herself up and played sports and passed herself off as one of the guys. Yeah. And the big iconic moment at the end of the movie is she's trying to convince one of the guys on the team that she really likes that she is a girl, and she just rips open her shirt and shows her boobs. And it was the first time I ever saw boobs on screen in a movie, and I was like, oh. <gasps> It was it was the most awesome thing. I don't remember anything more about the movie, but that scene with her ripping her shirt open, and I'm like, oh. It's a good movie. I haven't seen that in years. Yeah, yeah I used to like that movie. Well, you know, there's movies that, again, it's interesting looking at this list because, uh, you know, ones that made it further down that, again, I feel like are more popular now. St. Almost Fire, you know, Commando, Silverado. You know, those are those are Pee Wee's Big Adventure. I mean, think of what an iconic 80s yeah. movie that is for a lot of people now. And I mean, that was just such a niche movie back then. But ones that didn't make it into that list that are from that year that were like big favorites of mine was like Clue. Mm-hmm. We've talked plenty about Clue. Plenty, plenty. Clue is like way down the fucking list there. Um, uh, my One of my favorite, favorite, favorite. Prob- I don't remember where I ranked it when I did my movies of all time but it was it was up there it was young sherlock holmes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um that didn't rank very far you know up the list that was like number 87 or something like that so yeah it just it just goes to show that you know you you, you can't necessarily look at something and say well just because it made a lot of money or whatever when it came out that, that it mm-hmm. means it's going to stand the test of time right well speaking of the color purple Where's that on the list? Color purple. Yeah, where is the color that purple? That was like huge back then. That's all we heard about. Well, the color purple's the one that won the Academy Award that yeah. that year, wasn't it? Uh-huh. 
I thought it was. It was either that or Out of Africa. I know. I know Out of Africa did very well. They they were both like the critical darling films, and they're not. They're not even, not even up there. there. That's weird. Can we talk about the movie that's not on that list that freaked me the fuck out when I was a kid? Return what? to Oz. <gasps> oh, dude. Okay, so so in my family. The Wizard of Oz, like that was the yearly event. You know, CBS yeah. would have it. It was the movie of the week. And we would get pizza and we would sit in the TV, you know, on the couch, TV trays in front of us, eating our pizza, watching The Wizard of Oz. And it was just one of those things we did every single year. So right. when Return to Oz came out, I'm like, ooh, the sequel to this. It was dark as hell. <laughs> well, it was uh, Feruza Balk. Feruza Balk. He's one, she's one of my favorites. Um, but there were those rollers, those 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 whatever the those wheelers. little mon- the wheelers. Where are the wheelers? The wheelers, like in it, like the big long like arms with the wheels for hands, and they were just creepy as hell. Like this, because because I loved Wizard of Oz. I'm like, Return to Oz is going to be just as awesome, and it was such a dark take on it that it gave me nightmares for a while. Oh it, yeah, it, was, it, it gave was, a lot of kids nightmares. It was not what any of us expected to be, and it didn't do very well because of that. Like, I think right. nowadays when you have these really dark and gritty reboots, like you put that on now, it'd be kind of a cool thing. But in the mid-1980s, it's not what we wanted to see. It's not what I wanted to see. Right. <laughs> um, no, because it was based more on the books. Mm-hmm. You know, the books are not, they're not as fluffy and light yeah. as the as the actual, you know, Judy Garland movie is. That was that was very much a Hollywood fluffy take on it. I don't know, that one scared it. me. Did it really? The regular one, yeah. But I was younger than you guys, so. Okay. Here, hang on. I'm going to turn your mic. Oh, oh Times 1970, Brewster's Millions. I love that movie. Brewster's Millions, yeah. yeah. Richard Pryor, he's got, what, a week to spend $100 million. How's he going to do it? Mm. It was awesome. <laughs> I haven't um, seen that in probably oh since it gosh, came out. Oh, my gosh, that was great. Um, th- th- my other three that I love, Weird Science. Oh, I mean, dude. That was Kelly, <laughs> Kelly LeBrock. You want to talk about, like, one of the first people that ever gave me the warm and tinglys in the nether yeas. It was, yeah. it was Kelly LeBrock in that. It was awesome. Um, Real I, Genius, yeah. again, oh, one of those oh, fully yeah. quotable movies for me. Um, and then you and I quote this one all the time, Spies Like Us. Oh, yeah. Doctor, I, I, doctor. I, those three movies that you uh-huh. just brought up are three of the most quoted movies in my life. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> like, agree. Me, uh-huh. <laughs> me and Paul uh, from November's Doom, we quote Real Genius all the time. Yeah. Time we're like, current <laughs> Yes, quit playing with yourself, Kurt. <laughs> <laughs> it is God. <laughs> yes. We quote, we quote that all the damn time, Mitch, Mitchy, Mitchy, yes. and uh, and weird science. Holy Christ! Because Bill Paxton <laughs> in fucking weird science is the yeah. asshole mili- militant older brother. Uh-huh. Is awesome. absolute genius. Have you ever seen Weird Science? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you stupid buttwad. <laughs> I'm telling mom and dad everything. I'm even considering making up some shit. <laughs> <laughs> but again, Weird Science, the soundtrack to that was, was oh, fantastic. I mean, great. Oingo Boingo and Danny Elfman doing his stuff with the, you know, the the, the theme song for that yeah. uh, was awesome. Um, yeah, uh, Scott Tucker, Rats Wanted Man, was in Weird Science. Yep, I mean, so it, it was uh, Pretty a... Woman. Yeah. And yes. they, 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 they moved it later. I think there ended up being something with the rights because when I saw it, at the theater, I went with my dad. Yeah, because, it was when they were coming down the escalator. Yes, the, in the, and they were playing yeah, Pretty the, Woman. But yeah, then the I night, think the I, when I watched it later on DVD, it wasn't on there. No, no, yeah, it was a rights issue that they had to pull later okay. on for that stuff. Yeah, that's a bummer. And I, I don't remember what the replacement song was, but yeah. that was like that iconic. Yeah. yeah, I saw that in the theater with my dad. My dad laughed so fucking hard. He 
adored Anthony Michael Hall back in the day. He just thought Anthony Michael Hall, he was like, he's like telling me, he's like, that kid is a fucking comedic genius. He's everything Michael Sarah wishes he was. Yes. <laughs> and I like Michael Sarah okay, but Anthony Michael Hall is a fucking great actor. Comedic timing was amazing. Yeah, everything he was in. Absolutely. You know, Even, I mean, he 16 doesn't. 16 candles holding up the panties. Like, there was just. <laughs> <laughs> Different year, but yeah, <laughs> dude. But yeah. Oh, now I'm gonna be. We're gonna have to do a John Hughes episode at some point. Oh, we should. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he's he's an underrated actor. I mean, even his acting. Getting back to Breakfast Club, his acting in Breakfast Club, and the way mm-hmm. he can go from being just so funny to being like pretty serious. You know, you feel really bad mm-hmm. for him in that. And I mean, kid was what at the time? He was like 17, 16. Yeah. yeah. He had those cringeworthy moments that he played them so well. It was it, he was amazing. And what's great about it is that, from what I understand, well, I mean, we kind of saw because then a year or two later he was in Johnny Be Good, and you were like, "Holy shit, that's the same dude!" Yeah. Like he was not that, like, clueless dweeb. You know what I mean? Like he was he was a pretty cool dude. You know what I mean? He just unfortunately looked like yeah. <laughs> looked yeah. like a dweeb. But anyway, yeah, you called her every damn <laughs> on the telephone. <laughs> Bitch need my nuts, Mitch. In the family jewels. In the family jewels. Broke my heart in two. Broke more than your heart. Yep. I can quote that whole fucking movie. It's That's all me and my best friend Steve did for pretty much the entire year of 1986, which just quote weird science. But we need to move on. We got a yes. lot, lot yes, more yes. to talk about. Um, so much. Let's go. It's you know already what? like 945. No, no it's eight. 835, so something <laughs> like that. Uh, I would like to get into some television. Ooh, television. Okay. All right, here we go. My little, my little TV. He's like how I threw a little TV guide commercial nice. in there for you and stuff. Yes, I had to throw you. a little clip of ABC Be Near Me in there because it's one of my favorite videos and songs of all time. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, wow. A lot, a lot of cool television stuff in 1985. Meg, again, Matt and I are just talking over you the whole yeah, time. that's okay. I'm used to it. I, knew, I figured you guys would in this I month, don't, so. But I don't want that. I, I was only you... five in 1985. I mean, I don't Fair really enough. have much to say here <laughs> other than... Only five was Only. alive. <laughs> K.O. Durf. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So. Yeah. Fuck you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you liked Short Circuit. Have you ever seen that? Or is it Vito that likes Short Circuit? I, it must have been Vito. I don't know what the hell you guys are talking about, as usual. Wow. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. cool, cool. Okay. All right. Moving <laughs> along. That's cool. All right. So, MacGyver. Oh boy! I fucking love MacGyver. Yeah, so you know you. Amazing. I was just gonna say, wait a minute. If memory is serving correctly here, and I know you're sitting there saying I was only five, but I have a feeling there's a whole bunch of fucking Megan TV that came out and was on TV back in 1985. Um, yeah, Small Wonder. Love Small Wonder. <sighs> Loved it. Vicky the Robot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. Moonlighting, I know, that was oh, yours. Oh, man, I absolutely 
love. I was that was one I was a little too young for, but what? I would love to. Get I just want it. to talk over her about all this awesome stuff, but I can't. <laughs> okay, let me okay, just go, go, name go, go, them okay, and then you guys. Go I know, I know, I know. I'm like all a right? kid in a candy right. store. Zip it. Wait. Wow. Oh boy. All right, the Golden Girls. Yep. Came mm-hmm. out that year. Mm-hmm. Growing Pains. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Um, the Twilight Zone. The 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 updated the re- Twilight yeah, Zone. The yeah. new Twilight Zone, and the Thundercats cartoon all came out in 1985. Wow. And then the Cosby Show was the most popular show in 1985. Yeah, we'll get into that. I do have a list here uh, where we can talk about we can talk about what. Uh, the number ones were what the list are. Okay, Matt, before you explode, go. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, so MacGyver. MacGyver is to me what Back to the Future was in movies. Like, so oh, Richard wow. Dean Anderson. I loved. I love MacGyver for so many reasons. I loved that the way his mind worked. Like, and realizing now as an adult, yeah, there's just great writers. But like the way that the show came out, like no matter what situation he was in, science and technology and math, the whole STEM stuff. Like MacGyver was like the champion for STEM back when I was a kid. But he had that Jeep. I love mm. that Jeep, that Jeep Wrangler. Um, I actually got my Wrangler because MacGyver had a Wrangler. Like, when <laughs> I was 22, I finally got a Jeep Wrangler, and I was like, fuck, yeah. Um, my hair. Like, I had the the, the, the MacGyver mullet <laughs> yeah. hair. Loved that. Um, I had, like, I had the, because MacGyver always wore that brown bomber jacket, too. Mm-hmm. I had right. to get one of those. Like, he, like, as, you know, again, nine-year-old kid, like, MacGyver was the coolest. I loved everything about it. I loved it. He lived on this cool houseboat. He was right. like this secret spy that wasn't really a spy. He kind of got thrown into it, and he was just smart enough to kind of like get away from it. I love the idea that he never used guns or weaponry or right. anything like. He was always like, there's got to be a peaceful way to get out of this and make it happen. And it had everything I wanted for TV. I loved it. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. Number yeah. one, numero uno. That's yes. your favorite? Without a doubt. Yes. Yes. That would be your favorite? Because, you know... It didn't, I don't think, well, I don't know if it came out that year or not, but I know it was around in that year because there's another one that I know you love that was, uh, that was big that year, and that was fucking Murder, She Wrote. Yeah, she was like, number three, love Murder, She Wrote. Oh, God. Yeah, but I don't think it came out that year. No, what, did it come out like 84, maybe? Maybe, I don't know, but it was a big <sighs> one. Meg's I real love big Murder, on- She Wrote. But you also love Moonlighting. Now I love Moonlighting. I it's funny because Moonlighting, again, I I, I watched it from the very first episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I I was I, I was too young to really still even even being twelve years old. I was still too young to really understand a lot of the situations and stuff on there. Like I didn't totally get it, but it it was just the way that Bruce Willis was constantly. Just David Addison had that braggadocio about him. He had that sense of timing. There was everything about him that was just so flipping cool. And he just fucked with Maddie uh-huh. constantly. Yes. Like he just never. She couldn't say anything. It kind of reminds uh-huh. me of Megan, where she, <laughs> right? She's like she is the she is the the Sybil Shepherd in 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 uh, geeking poetic and everything. She's just like oh, these guys with their bullshit. <laughs> right? Yeah, that is pretty much how <laughs> for, that works. For the people that are just listening and can't see her face, her face pretty much said it all. She's like, mm-hmm, yep. yep. But uh, what a great show. That that was a really, really great show. I, I love, that was my favorite 
that that would have been my favorite TV show of 86 going into 86 I would definitely say um, in 85 there's some others that well, we'll get to well moonlighting what sucked was I had a bedtime of 830 and this oh, came on yeah. Tuesdays at 8 p.m. yep and no matter how much I begged my parents to let me watch the next half an hour of this show to see how it ended, they're like, no, it's bedtime. And this is back before, you know, we, we didn't have a VCR at that point. There was okay. no reruns. It wasn't anything. Like, if you didn't watch the end of it, you, did, you had no idea what happened unless somebody told you about it. And that wasn't as cool as watching the whole no. thing. Right. You know, it wasn't at all. Um, like, my love of the song Good Lovin'. I love that song because yeah. Bruce Willis did the version of that when he has that, like, flashback to, like, the medieval time right. when he's in it and everything. And, yeah, and, and again... To me, this was, uh, everybody says that this jumped the shark when they finally slept together, when the sexual tension was gone. But, yeah. but realistically, the writing at that point on the show had gone in different direction, and Sybil Shepard and Bruce Willis didn't really get along anymore. And there were so many reasons it fell apart. But for those, like, two, three, four seasons was awesome. Like, Booger and Agnes, like, their their relationship Booger. together. There was so much about it. It was just, it was freaking awesome. I love that and, you referred to him by, you called him by his Revenge of the Nerds of character name. He's just, it's like, dude, no matter what you're in, you're, 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 you're always going to be Booger. You're fucking um, Booger. And then, like, this, this you know, launched Bruce Willis's career in so oh, many yeah. other places. Like, to me, like, Bruce Willis going from this into Die Hard was like Michael Keaton going from Mr. Mom to Batman. People were like, no, yeah. he's, he's very comedic. He can't do action. That's he can't True. do this. And then Die Hard came out, and every movie after Die Hard had to become Die Hard set on a submarine, Die Hard set on this, <laughs> Die Hard set on yeah. that. Bruce Willis was kind of the equivalent in the drama comedy kind of thing to what like yeah. uh, Michael J. Fox was. Like There was so much there that you're like, this kid, I, I don't know if he can do it. And then he does one thing, and then suddenly he's all over the place. And yeah, Moonlighting to me was just that quintessential. It was awesome. It was drama. It was comedy. It was action-adventure. And the, the Bruce Willis character, the David Addison, like he was the guy I wanted to be if I wasn't MacGyver. <laughs> Loved it. Okay, I, I could see that for you. Yeah, a little bit half MacGyver, half David Addison. Yeah, like his wisecracking. It was awesome. He always had like the right thing. He was, he was the 1980s Ryan Reynolds. Oh, yeah, just his eyes weren't so close together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He didn't have that face that's too small for the yeah. rest of his head. Yeah. The Return well, of Bruno, yeah. Because oh, yeah. of this, yeah, yeah. Bruce Willis had his album that came out. It was awesome, too. I thought it was a good album. Uh, he, he, I loved it. He caught a lot of shit for that. A lot of people really bagged on him for it. So Die Hard was like a big comeback for him because he thought he was going to go more into this like musical side of things, and it, it's always hard for actors to do that. Very few cross over into the music side successfully you know um yeah that's that's interesting i forgot about that damn bruno album yeah, awesome. but yeah for me there's other shows on here so you mentioned small wonder mm -hmm. you liked Love. that one huh i did how could you not right I, best part of my saturday afternoons was small wonder like <sighs> yeah it was like that it was awesome like, no you can't let her know you're a robot yeah. that little nosy yeah, bratty nosy, yeah, kid neighbor, next you know, door Oh, yeah. they're, they're Kimmy from Full House. Yes, nice. yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, they always have that. I, I, I don't know. I just felt like I. It was one of those shows where I'm like, every character on this show is annoying. Sadly, the least annoying one is the monotone talking robot. I hated the the little boy, the her brother. He was pretty bratty. He was yeah. a pain in my ass. I'm like that <laughs> fucking kid. Ugh. But, you know, they did do a side note. I always felt they did a really good job of casting because that boy looks like the dad. Like they had a very yeah. similar like look to him. And it was like, oh, that's convincing. Because, you know, normally they don't 
they don't. They don't. Yeah, they, put that much time and effort into it. They don't do that. So especially like, for like a syndicated Saturday afternoon, you know, Channel Fifty kind of TV show. Yeah. Yeah. I, kids. Yeah. I had a. I <laughs> shouldn't even tell this story. I've got a friend who'll remain nameless. I've a guy that uh, that from the music scene and stuff back in the '90s that he used to have a fantasy where he was trying to get his he wanted his girlfriend to talk like Vicky the robot during sex. Cool. <laughs> okay. okay, little little weird. I mean, not, you know. Yeah, yeah you. Re- I, I'm trying to equate that to Princess Leia and the slave thing, but it's, it's not different. It's very different. No, no, no. And I mean, it was just that he actually told us this, and I could never quite tell with him. Like, is he just like pulling our legs and telling yeah. us this? But knowing him, it was it was probably true. But yeah, it's their own. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, but um, I would have to say, out of all those shows that came out, my favorite of 85 was fucking growing pains. I absolutely loved growing pains. Mm-hmm. I thought that show was so hilarious. And it's funny cause I've watched it now. Like I've gone and watched reruns and I'm like, Oh, okay. Yeah. This doesn't quite didn't hold, up. hold up to hold up for me as much as it used to. But mm-hmm. back at that time, like, uh, you know, a perfect night for me would be like having like a French bread pizza and some soda and sitting down and watching Who's the Boss and Growing Pains. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I, you, did you guys like Growing Pains? Oh, I loved it. Oh, okay. I was a huge Kirk Cameron fan. Um, yeah, I, also- I thought he was like so like witty and smart alecky, and Ben was just I don't know. Ben would always come up with like the, just the funny little added in bit just to drive it home. Yeah. And Mike's best friend was named Boner. Like, okay, <laughs> when I was nine years old, there was a character on TV called Boner, and I'm like, do they know what that yeah, means? I know, I know. Like, I they have to know what they mean, but they call him Boner. Like, it's an erection. They call him Boner. Yeah, I just yeah. There's there's one episode that was I don't know why. And when like I, said, I watched it not too long ago, and it was still funny, but not as much. But there's that one episode that was always my favorite when uh, they find some letters in the basement. Uh, 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 what, what is Kirk Cameron's name? Mike. Mike. It's Mike and Mike Seaver. Carol, right? Mike and Carol and Ben. Yeah. And Ben, yeah. Mike and Carol and Ben are like supposed to be going through stuff in the basement and they find like these like love letters that it sounds like their mom wrote to another man. And that like this it gets into all these things about like when we got divorced and like there's like I remember know, that episode. Do you remember? Yeah. And they start freaking out because they're like, Oh my god, mom and dad have this like fucked up past and maybe we're not even like maybe we're not even like related and yeah. all this and Ben is just like like they're all kind of freaking out about it. Like like Mike's trying to be like real crafty and figure stuff out. And Carol's kind of being more her sensible rationalizing. And Ben just goes into this massive like funk depression yep. where he starts eating constantly. <laughs> and every time he's like he's like all full like walking. And he's like I can't eat anymore. And then Carol comes in. She's like Oh my god. I think mom and dad might not even be married. And then he just like starts eating rapidly <laughs> again. <laughs> I just thought that was so fucking, that was just my kind of humor. It was perfect for my 12 year old mind. Like I thought that was so damn funny. I, I kind of, you know, I kind of miss that we don't have those kind of sitcoms really anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, every, everything's, I don't know. Everything now is more like modern family and so which are funny in their own right, but it's a right. whole different kind of I sort of miss sort of that more simplistic you know. I, I you know I'm like when there was a very special episode, like you knew oh. you were in for something. Like Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yep. Yep. Dudley in the bike shop. Oh uh-huh. boy. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, one of the ones you guys haven't mentioned yet that I loved that okay. came out in 85 was Amazing Stories. And it was more of like a kid-friendly version of The Twilight Zone. Oh, um, gosh. I yeah, forgot it, it was, completely about it. Was, it was just really it. cool. Like, it was, um, it was, I don't remember if it was that one or if it was Erie, Indiana. One of those two, but it was kind of like those, um, the Twilight Zone ones that were, like, aimed at kids. But one of them was done by Spielberg. He was one of the executive producers. And I want to say, okay. I think it's Amazing Stories. But it was one of those, like, I remember when it came out, like, it was, like, my first introduction to the Twilight Zone. Because a lot of the Twilight Zone ones for a nine-year-old were a little bit more cerebral than I think I was ready for at the time. But Amazing Stories had that same kind of feel to it, but it was more on my level. And I remember just loving those. Those were awesome. Yeah, I don't really remember them. I'm sure I watched it. But until you just said that title, I completely forgot about that, man. You know, but you also had some really cool cartoons that were on there, too, uh, like Thundercats, one of my favorites. Um, G.I. Joe debuted that year. Well, um, it, it kind of. The series debuted that year. Prior to that, there had been a mini series of mm-hmm. G.I. Joe that came out in 1983 that was like a five episode. Mini- yeah, and they used to like run them on like the Bozo Show and stuff like it that. Would, it would be on like Channel 9 here. Yeah, you would, like yeah, you would see. That kind of stuff. I didn't know what even was going to exist. I remember going to my grandmother's house after school one day and putting on, she was watching the Cubs game. My grandmother loved the Cubs. And the Cubs game ended like around 3.45 or something. And then like at four o'clock, all of a sudden, this thing started and it was G.I. Joe. And I mean, I at that point, G.I. Joe hadn't been around that long, at least the, the real American hero mm-hmm. ones. And I was like, I didn't literally say this, but I was like, what the fuck is this? There's a cartoon? Because I was way into the figures and I was way into the comic books. I had all the Marvel comics at that point. And then there was this like miniseries cartoon. And I remember that came out and then being like, man, why didn't they do more with this? Like, it, like, why did they just do this like little brief thing? And then it wasn't until '85 that then they were like, okay, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna make this like a regular thing yeah. now. Mm-hmm. And that's when GI Joe. I mean, GI Joe was already pretty damn popular, but with the release of the cartoon in '85, that's when it like it, for it blew up. And it just it it was a bummer for me though. Bringing that up is because around '85 '86 is when I was I was going into well starting in september of 85 i started eighth grade so by that point you were too, was I, too you know, cool for you guys you yeah really talk about it and talk about how yeah i still thought they were pretty cool we had to keep it to yourself yeah yeah and i and so i missed out so for me like now things like thundercats for example I think is like pretty cool, or even other stuff. Because didn't Jem come out that year? Yeah, that's Did on it? my list. Yeah, Jem was on there. Yeah, oh, yeah, because you like Jem. I right? like Jem. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That was my jam. <laughs> jam, jam, jam. <laughs> so I mean, like those. Like I look at them now, and I'm like, man, these are really fucking cool. Mm-hmm. Like just everything, the animation, just the whole vibe of it, and everything. But at the time, I wasn't investing myself in that because i was like oh yeah i can't i'm not i can't exactly be going into eighth grade talking about how awesome the episode of gem was yesterday yeah <laughs> you know what i mean like now i wouldn't now i wouldn't give a good duck god right yeah same thing like yeah times like, is voltron voltron, voltron came out awesome. around 84 yeah and voltron like I, I knew it wasn't but to me being a kid not knowing anything other than that voltron was like a transformers knockoff well and here's the funny thing about that everybody makes jokes about transformers or uh, makes fo- jokes about rather uh, GoBots, mm-hmm. you know, being like the ghetto Transformers yeah. or whatever. But if you were around back then, you were my age and stuff. 
GoBots here in America came out first. Yes, the GoBots were awesome. I love those. And then Transformers came out. Yeah, Yeah, and that's exactly what happened. Transformers came out in 84. 84 and 85 and um my buddy david you know that i that he's sometimes he joins us on here that lived three doors down from me he was like oh you know there are these transformers blah 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 and i was like dude these are these are gobots man like i've been i've been playing with gobots since 1981 yeah you know like this is like these are cool like i thought Soundwave was super cool with his you know looking like a tape player you yeah. know mm-hmm. and all that stuff but i it wasn't anything new to me so i i kind of missed out a little bit and now i've retroactively gotten way more into transformers and appreciate it so much yeah. more now yeah but, and then mask mask was my last cartoon that's the one that i absolutely loved and, and i never watched it oh my gosh so mask to me was awesome because they had it was like the best of Transformers and the best of G.I. Joe, and they mashed them together, where you had these two warring factions. So you right. had the good guys and the bad guys of like the human characters. And then the vehicles from Mask would transform from one into another. Like you had this Trans Am that like the front end of it would like flip upside down, that it became a boat, and these like wings would come out the side that could also fly. And, you know, obviously all these cartoons were really created to sell toys and boy right. did they because i bought all of the mask stuff but the mask stuff to me was just cool because it really was that amalgamation of i can transform this and this but you've got human figures that are fighting good and bad at the same time and it was one of my like my afternoon my saturday morning rituals was to they're watch great this. toys again something i discovered after the fact because by that point i was just I, I was spending all my money on like band t-shirts and records and mm-hmm guitar strings and stuff like that so unfortunately because i i wish i would have been more into that so real quick uh meg did you want to i feel bad you're not saying much today what's new no you do talk more <laughs> sometimes it's don't give me that hmm. you don't have anything to add nope okay well what i would like to uh move on to i want to keep it in tv but I would like to look at this is the year end uh nielsen ratings and everything for television that year and these are the ones that they said were the most viewed were the most popular you had put on your list already you said that cosby show which is a great show i know i know i know bill cosby is kind of a taboo subject these days but i'm sorry it was a great show i Mm -hmm. thought that was an excellent show family ties number two that's no surprise that was a really really popular show uh fucking murder. murder she wrote god is that 60 Minutes in the number four position? 60 Minutes was number four, which is kind of weird because, like, nowadays that would never be. No. Like, a show like that would never be that popular. You Night know? Court. Good one there, Luke. Fagan. Oh, Love man. Night Court, Night Court is oh. fucking awesome. Yeah, that was a staple. I love that show the chemistry on that was great introduced me to like mel torme and the crooners really i mean harry did again yeah. i was a nine-year-old kid i didn't a lot of my first experiences were things i heard about on tv shows it was awesome john larroquette yeah. is just brilliant is dan felding on that marky post was another crush when marky I was a post does yeah it was a good looking woman you know she was funny like brilliant richard mull yeah Bull. brilliant Bull brilliant just, yeah that lovable dumbass. Yeah. <laughs> what was number five we've got? Was that Cheers and then Dallas and Dynasty? Yeah. Oh, wow. Dallas and Dynasty right there next uh-huh. to each other. And you know there was like some major. Oh, yeah. Well, so, my, yeah, my Friday nights were Dukes of Hazard, and then my parents would watch Dallas. And then after that was Falcon Crest. That was Friday. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Yep. Okay. I remember that. Golden yeah. Girls. I guess people are going to get mad if we don't bring up Golden Girls. I just. Betty White for life, yo. 
Betty White's great. I mean, it's a great cast. It's funny. I watch it now, and I'm like, oh, this is actually pretty pretty damn funny. When I was a kid, that was literally like the last fucking thing on the planet I wanted to watch. Was the you have a prejudice against old people on television. Because you don't like Matlock. You don't like Murder, She Wrote. You don't like you Golden Girls. Like okay. So here's the thing. First of all, because of my age, I didn't get a lot of the humor. You know, and it was all kind of slower paced and all this stuff. And I would end up as much as I loved my grandmother. Right. I, I had a great, great grandmother. But because my grandmother was was bedridden, you know, she couldn't she couldn't, you know, go out and be active. We just when I spent a lot of time with her, we watched a lot of TV. Well, because of the time and because of her age, she watched fucking CBS constantly. Wasn't no NBC in that house. Nope. No NBC. Because NBC had all the, you know, had all the younger, you know, kind of stuff. Nope. It was Matlock and Murder, She Wrote and, yeah, Golden Girls, all that kind of stuff. And it was like, oh, this is so boring. <laughs> it's so boring. Now I can appreciate it more as I'm older. I even, you know, I watched some Murder, She Wrote the other day. And, I mean, it was flawed. We'll say the writing was flawed. I was like, this, th what? How'd you get from point A to point B with this? This is okay, whatever. But it it was more entertaining than I remembered it. So, but yeah, I, I yeah I do. I I have a prejudice against uh, mm -hmm. old people. They're, they're they're boring. Just all right, yeah. whatever. What else we got? <laughs> I'm wow. getting for those that can't see. I'm getting so much disapproving <laughs> looks here from my uh, compadres. But yeah, um, Highway to Heaven. That was a great show. Oh yeah. That was. Michael did you ever Landon. did you ever watch that one? What was it? Highway to Heaven. Yeah, Sorry, I was busy reading. Michael Landon was. Uh, he was a an, an angel. angel. Yeah. Uh, really, I would have thought that would have been more like up your alley. That no. kind of show. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Can never figure with this one. <laughs> Kate and Allie. I only vaguely remember I Kate, like Kate and Allie. Knots Landing, Growing Pains, You Again. Does anybody remember what You Again is? You don't vaguely. I remember. The title? Yeah, I remember the title. Does anybody out there remember? Let Shut us up. know in the chat if you remember. Uh, <laughs> uh oh, my mom's yelling at me. She's saying, watch it, kid. You can be replaced, <laughs> you know. I didn't say I don't like old people. I said I don't like old people television. I don't like CBS stuff. You again had uh, Jack Klugman and a very young John Stamos in it. Oh, really? Okay, that's where Stamos yeah. came from, huh? Yeah, I don't remember that one. And Klugman, of course, Odd Couple and uh, Quincy, right? Yeah. Henry Willows, played by Jack Klugman, has been divorced for 10 years when his son, Matt, John Stamos, suddenly moves in. Matt is an irresponsible 17-year-old and sparks fly between the two of them. <laughs> okay. Okay. I And it, it made it into the top 20. Obviously, it was a very successful show, and yet... A lot of these, it. you just don't you don't see them in uh, syndication and stuff, you know. Miami Vice is in there. Who's the boss is in there? Yeah, some of my favorite shows are in there. Miami Vice, nice. Miami mm -hmm. Vice is such a good show. Loved who's, who's love the, the boss. Passion. You love who's the boss? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. man, who's Fuck the yeah. boss? Was so good, so good. I loved the episodes when, uh, when, um, oh, what was her character's name? Melissa Milano's character's name. How can Sam. I not? How can Sam. I? Sam. Yep. Sam. Yeah. Samantha. Yeah. I love the episodes where, like, when she would like get into trouble because of her ditzy friends or her girlfriends. There was always those same group of like three or four other girls and yeah. stuff. And I don't know why those just were always really funny to me. I remember certain ones. 
That's another one where the little brother is a fucking annoying <laughs> asshole. Yeah. Jonathan. Yeah. yeah. Carrie Ann chimed in. She remembers John Stamos on you again. Oh, nice. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Thank you, Carrie Ann. <laughs> Somebody had to remember Thank it. You. I knew so I'm going. It was in the top 20. Yeah. It, it had to have been popular. Well, and, so with um, uh, with Who's the Boss, there was a spinoff that came from that, wasn't there? Because it was like Sam's Friends and I, I, I swear to you. Might have been. All right. See now, the power of the internet. Don't fail me now. <laughs> who's the Boss spinoff? Well, we could take it while he's looking that yeah, up. Yeah, you should. We got like, yeah, we've got a lot of comments in here and stuff. People bring it up about Mr. Belvedere was the best. Yeah. Mm -hmm, that was a good Earth's one. On the never seen it before. Who cares? Okay, so that's why I remember it. So it was a spinoff called Living Dolls. Um, and the star in it was Leah Remanini. Oh, oh Remanini. Leah, Re <laughs> Leah, Re Leah Remanini. 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 Yeah. Pre Scientology, I assume. Pre. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're listening to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network, home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. The shows on this network all have a common goal, providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening. That's funny. Yeah, I, this man. So there was like a backdoor pilot that happened on Who's the Boss in order to make that show happen. Yep. Gotcha. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. I, I'm going to have to look that up later because I only vaguely remember that. Yep, but yep. yeah, looking at the comments here, uh, see what we got. Before uh, the Transformers, they were the Diaclone. They launched in 1918 Japan. Yeah. Well, they, they were they were a bunch of different things. There was there, Transformers were put together from a bunch of different concepts because there was Microman in there and stuff. Uh it was that Transformers were actually an amalgamation of like three different Japanese toy lines elements that they then put Takara, Takara Tomi and Hasbro and them put together and put out. Cool, cool. Cool, cool. Um, yeah, okay. Uh, what is, so real quick, uh, Gene Simmons was on a cool episode of Miami Vice, wasn't he? Yes, he was. He played a drug dealer. I remember that episode. Which is pretty funny because that's so t working against type, you know. Yeah. But anyway. All right. Anything we want to talk about before we move on? No, I think we no, covered sir. them pretty, pretty heavy. I talked over Megan sufficiently. All right. You feel good about that? You ready to do it again next round? <laughs> yeah, especially. Is it going to be music? Yeah. All right. Next... Yeah, I'm, I'm out. <laughs> Later, guys. <laughs> You're, you don't I don't have, have a chance. You don't have any music stuff to talk about. I have music over here. I'm just not going to get a word in over you guys because you're going to know all of it. <sighs> See, I feel bad. Now I'm just not going to talk, and we're going to just. Well, that's going to be boring for them. That we don't want that. Not you if guys you talk. run with it, please. Okay. And go. All right. <laughs> We're moving on to music. All right. It's time to talk. Talk some tunes. You both are so quiet. <laughs> I want to be. Uh, I want to be mindful. <laughs> well, Meg, why don't you start? Why don't you read? You've got <clears throat> Meg is the list reader today. Right, I'm going to be. She's kind of bringing up the topics. It's my part in this whole thing. Yeah. 
Um, so for music, the I have the VH1 broadcast debuted in January. And that's funny. Now, I didn't have cable yet in 1985. Um, I got cable around the end of 87. They didn't have it around here. It was like my neighborhood was like the last neighborhood in Chicago to fucking get cable. <laughs> um, so I wasn't aware of that. But even in 87, 88, I don't remember VH1. Oh, awesome. I remember it by like the early 90s and stuff. Like I would watch like 8-track flashback and those kind of things and stuff. I just don't remember. I watched MTV constantly. The VH1 was like your parents' MTV. Well, sure, right. But I liked a lot of that stuff. I mean, you know, like... Okay, that old stuff he likes. <laughs> you know. I do. <laughs> I don't like their crummy, bad, so-called detective TV shows, you know, like... 87-year-old man trying to, like, find out who shot the old He's Miller down really the road. He's probably, like, 50-something. Huh? He's probably just 50-something. Well, that's kind of, like, the point. Like, all this you, shit earlier. That was kind of the point you were bringing up earlier, like, Paul with Rudd. Paul Rudd, is, like, is that's another thing, is watching and looking back at all this stuff from 85 and looking at these people and going, oh, yeah, that old guy, that old guy, that old woman, and then realizing they were in, like, their 40s and 50s. Yeah, that old guy in that movie is actually younger than I am at this current age. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And He looks so much better. Aw. <laughs> they made you feel better. Yeah, so, <clears throat> man. Um, anyway, I just don't remember VH1 because, I, I don't know, I don't think it, or maybe, I mean, it's entirely possible not every cable provider carried all the same stuff, so maybe when I first got cable we didn't have vh1 as an option and maybe that's mm -hmm. why i don't remember it possibly but uh yeah i dug vh1 especially later man when they started doing behind the musics and all that stuff that was a great channel hey real <laughs> quick megan uh you should uh say thank you to times 1970 because they say that your taco bell shirt rules oh well thank you <laughs> i love it myself it's very nice it's very nice okay so what else well i know the <laughs> i know the main thing that happened yeah so i was gonna you know dance around that and get back before you guys go off okay <laughs> um so super bowl shuffle Oh, dude. 1985. Larry, Chicago Bears. That by heart. Yeah, yeah, I guess you both probably can. Um, the music censor censorship oh, meetings Lord. were held where oh, they brought in D. Snyder. Tipper right. Gore. Yeah, Tipper yeah, Gore. Tipper Gore, D. Snyder. I've yeah, told the story. I've told the story about that before. Have I told this story on the show before? Do you guys remember? I don't remember. You have to tell. Did I ever tell you this story? All right, real quick, because okay. this happened in 1985, so it's relevant. <laughs> okay. Um, when I was in, uh, I guess that would have, well, maybe it was the start of eighth grade or it was end of seventh grade, but it was in, in 1985. They had some kind of district-wide contest thing that they were doing where they were going around to the public schools and they were um, telling kids, they, they handed out newspapers and they were like, you have to read an article in the newspaper and you have to write an, a paper about it like now, like on the spot. And if there's nothing in there that interests you, if you are aware of anything else going on, like in the news or whatever, blah, 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 you got to write about it on the spot. So I was super invested in this whole PMRC thing going on because they were attacking my life, man. You know, they were they were they were holding up Wasp albums and Def Leppard albums and Twisted Sister albums and all this other stuff, you know, condemning it. And I'm like. Those are, that's literally my favorite thing in the entire world. You know, like my whole world revolved around that. So I knew all about it. I'd read every article. I'd watched TV special, you know, news bits about it. I knew all this stuff. 
so I sat and I wrote this paper on it, you know, and we had to write it. And like, we, the whole thing was that we couldn't cheat. We couldn't use references and stuff, you know? And I wrote this paper and then like a week later, my mom tells me that she's been called in. She shows up at the end of the school day and she's like, we have to go into the principal's office and sit down. I don't know what the fuck you did. You know, my mom's looking at me. I'm like, geez, you know, I'm always guilty. Right. I'm like, what did I, what did I do? She's like, I don't know. We're going to find out. So we go in and we sit down and it was the principal and this woman that was representing the district. And they said, well, we have a problem with this paper that Larry wrote. He was supposed to follow these instructions, blah, 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 blah. And my mom's like, okay. And they're like, well, it's, it's very obviously cheated on it. And I said, no, I didn't. They said, you had to have. This is so specific. This is so detail-oriented and everything. There's no way you didn't cheat on this. And I said, and my mom's sitting there looking like, no, he knows this stuff. Like... And the woman says, she's like, okay, well, you, you have specific names in here of these people. Who are you? And I go, what? Yeah. Senator Paula Hawkins. Yeah. When she held up the Def Leppard album at Pyromania and she said, and I like quoted it from fucking memory, bitch. I fucking said, and I'm like Senator Paula Hawkins. And then, you know, and then, you know, uh, Al Gore's wife, you know, Tipper Gore and this and that. And I'm like naming all these names just off the top of my fucking head. And they were both like, oh shit, he didn't cheat. This kid knows this stuff. And I'm like, yeah. And my mom's like, yeah, see, my kid's pretty fucking smart, right? And everything. So they go, well, we have to disqualify his paper because nobody will believe it. That's bullshit. They actually disqualified uh. me because it was too good. Systematic bullshit, man. <laughs> it's t- it's <laughs> typical. Wow. It's- Burn this place to the ground. <laughs> Fuck that. It's typical of my life. Yeah. That's just typical of my life that that would happen. Um, Larry but- is just too good. We need to... No, it's not that. It's no, just no, no. That's, people that's just, what it was. It, like it just, it was people never good, believe but... I know what the fuck I'm talking about is what it is, and I actually can back it up once in a while. Because but... you're too good. I, I'm not. I'm not making fun of you. You. You were in the right. I'm too nerdy. Down. I'm too nerdy for the school. Too nerdy for the school. <laughs> I bet. Yeah. Anyway. So. <laughs> um, but yeah. So that was a big deal, man. That whole PMRC thing. I mean, we really thought, you know, and at my age, I was only 12. So I was really worried, like, I'm not going to be able to go out and buy records anymore. That same year. <laughs> this should have been a clue to them. I think this happened later. That same year, we had a school party um, and each kid was allowed to bring two records to the party. And my two records that I chose was Possessed Seven Churches. And in my infinite wisdom, I bought my brand new, just got it, 12-inch single of Animal Fuck Like a Beast by Wasp. Yeah, but that was appropriate. Yeah, I brought totally. those I brought yeah. those to school. So one of them that was had a guy with a bloody saw blade between his legs on the cover and the word mm-hmm. fuck, and the other one had a guy holding a giant bloody upside-down cross. And uh, Weirdly, you didn't call to the office for that. I did. I, I did. <laughs> of course. They, I did. Uh, Mrs. Keene took my records away and everything and then called mom in again and said, you know, I just want to make you aware that uh, that your son has these records. And my mom goes, what? And she looks at him. She goes, oh, aren't those the ones I picked up for you at the at uh, Camelot Music last week? I'm like, yeah. She's like, oh, OK, yeah, let's go. Because <laughs> my mom's fucking awesome. And she's like, I'm not going to bu- get the fuck. Give him his fucking records back. <laughs> He's a fucking honor roll student. Look at him. He's, you know, I was like this big and this, you know, like, what's he going to do? You know, he's just, he likes metal. Leave him alone. Cool. What else is on the list? <laughs> oh, see, I go on a rant about something and then it's like, let's move along, you know? Um, so what other big... In, in all fairness, that was your third rant. Yeah, well, 
Anyway, go on. <laughs> Other big things. Love uh, you. Farm Aid happened and the, the Live Aid. It was the start of the... Uh, and go. The start of all the... Uh, yeah, what do you call them? The, 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 the <laughs> Start of the AIDS. We got to be careful talking well, about it because that it was a whole happen, other thing that yeah. started at that same time. Yes, exactly. Um, the benefits, we'll say. Benefits. There the you benefits go. of the AIDS. Yeah. Now, do you, do you guys, because you were very young. Now, you were only five and you were what? Nine. Nine. Now, were you guys aware of these things oh, when they yeah. happened? No. No, you weren't, not even, you being in Oklahoma, you weren't even all. aware of uh, Farm Aid and stuff? I don't remember it at all. Interesting. It was a big deal, man. Live Aid was a really, really big deal. Um, they they broadcast it all over the world. It was seen by, I forget what they say, how many people, it was like a billion people or something like that watched it. I mean, so they used 13 satellites, I think? Yeah. Yeah, it was, and for me, again, I didn't have cable, so I had to watch the Ghetto uh, Channel 32 version of it that they were showing that still had, like, commercials, and they were chopping things up. It was it was really frustrating, but mm-hmm. I sat, I woke up at 6 o'clock that morning, because that's when the broadcast started from Wembley Stadium, because mm-hmm. it was noon over there. Woke up at 6 o'clock that morning, saw status quo, start the whole thing with rocking all over the world, and I watched it all day. And I only took a break at one point because the St. Francis de Sales Carnival was going on. So I like left for like two hours, <laughs> walked down the block because there's only a few blocks away, went to the carnival, came back in time to watch uh, the Led Zeppelin reunion. Yes. And I went, they sound like shit. I was going to say, that was horrible, wasn't <laughs> that it? That was terrible. Okay. It was so depressing. But man, I mean, that was a, that was such a... That was such a big deal because there were there had never ever in the history. I mean, yeah, we had Woodstock, we had things like that, but we never had that kind of that kind of uh, scope of something where it was literally every major artist mm-hmm. in the world, pretty much. Well, and it seemed like that ran in tandem with the whole you know we are the world thing. Like it was yes. like that was all of the artists coming together, I think for the first time, to raise awareness for something bigger than one particular person. Um, and I, that's, you know, I, I remember, honestly for me, I remember the We Are The World thing and the Hands Across America aspect of those benefits more than... Live Aid itself. Live Aid itself. Okay. Like, I remember, like, I, again, being nine, I wasn't, I, to me, I wasn't that aware of most of those bands yet. Um, okay. Was the Live Aid, was that the one where Phil Collins yes. performed in London, took the Concord... And then performed in like Philly or someplace. Like yeah, that. and that's when he played with Zeppelin. Yes, and they and they tried to blame him, which makes me mad. Actually, somebody just did. Michael Reed, <laughs> Michael Reed, Mike Reed. Yeah, Reeves. Phil Collins ruined uh, the Led Zeppelin. Reed. No, he didn't. He didn't at all. Go back and watch it. He didn't ruin it. He didn't do anything wrong. Robert Plant sounded like shit. Jimmy Page was in terrible shape. He looked like a drooling, drug-addicted, sweaty mess. I'm a huge, Ze- a huge Zeppelin fan. It was, it, no, it was Phil Collins. Phil Collins is a fucking master. I ain't, don't don't believe that shit, Mike. That's bullshit. Phil Collins didn't ruin that at all. Zeppelin ruined that for themselves. They had no business being there. They were, yeah, they didn't even really want to do it, and it showed. <laughs> Yeah, see, and I was more into the farm aid aspect because I love Mellencamp. Farm aid was cool. Mellencamp. Yeah. Um, I grew up on the Willie Nelson stuff. So, yep. like, that whole idea of, and to me, farm aid was more close. I mean, living in the Midwest right. made more sense to me of a reason why we were doing, as a nine year old, than live aid and, and all those other things because it felt more down home to me. 
I, uh, I get that. Yeah. yeah, I think they're both relevant. I think they both were good to be done and everything. But yeah, I think that it made sense. Um, it was it, and yeah, I think that's very relevant because again, up to that point, there just really hadn't been any kind of coming together of these artists and stuff to do something for like good. I mean, like, like I said, we had things like Woodstock and stuff, but that really wasn't. It wasn't for anything no. other than just their ego stroking and to get fucked up in the mud. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, so, yeah. What? <clears throat> Radio Gaga, Carrie Ann. Freddie, Freddie Mercury, Mercury was the best part of Live Aid. And I agree. I've, I've been a Queen fan since I was six. Mm-hmm. But again, what's interesting about it is that over here, that wasn't that big of a deal. Like when the Queen thing happened, like I remember watching and being like, holy fuck, this is amazing. But like the next day at school, like nobody was talking about that. Everybody was talking about Madonna was there and they were talking about how Simon Laban hit like the worst high note on A View to a Kill. It's They still make, make, make fun of it. Poor Simon, man. It's like 40 years later and they're still making. So he was like, it's a view to a kill. It's so bad. So bad. Yeah, that's live for you. In front of like a billion people and everything. Uh, But yeah, people were talking about that and it's only become more retroactively that the public at large, other than people that are cool like me and Carrie Ann that are always a little bit more, (laughs) a little more, well, you know, more cued, keyed into like the hip stuff. You know what I mean? Like not just whatever was top 10 at the time and stuff, you know, um, that were really impressed by the queen thing. So it's great to see that it gets its just due now, but, um. Yeah, Live Aid was a really big deal for me when I was seven. It's too bad that you missed that, Meg. Yeah. Yep, I missed out what, on what that What else is on your list, Meg? Um, I just had the uh, the top ten list, which I think Larry has. Before. I do. I can pull that up yeah, if you guys Yours if has you been wanna. a little different from mine, so I was going to let you read off. Well, yeah, because it, it kind of depends on, um, you know, it can depend on, because uh, there was Billboard and there's Cashbox and there was, there was a, back then there were different lists and stuff, mm-hmm. so... This was just the one that I uh, found. Let's see if I can pull it up. There we go. And what do we got? So number one was the number one song of the year was Careless Whisper. I would not have expected that. I mean, I knew that was a big song, Mm -hmm. but that's not like that's the number Number one one song of 85. Think about how many fucking iconic songs came out in 85. You know, why don't you tell us about them? Oh, I have a list. Oh yeah, like what? Go ahead. Oh, uh, my my awesome list. Okay, so yeah. These, these, well, are the, these are these right here. This was this was honestly the segment that I was most excited to talk about because okay. to me, and, and I've said this before, I will say it again. The hill I will die on is that '85 was the best year for entertainment, but music specifically. Interesting. Um. Okay, so we had We Are the World. Uh, Wake Me Up Before You Go Go. Yeah. We had Money for Nothing. Yeah, talk about a great, awesome video. Like this was one of the real first bands to utilize MTV for the awesomeness that it was, that it could be. Which like, is funny because they despised yeah, MTV. But, <laughs> but that video, like, is one of the most <clears throat> iconic videos. Um, Take on me. Uh, oh yeah, that's such a good song. We built this city on rock and roll. I don't like that song. Oh, I fucking love. Do that you really? Starship. Oh yeah, it's a guilty pleasure I like, song. I like. I, I, okay, fair enough. I can I see will that. crank it every time it comes on. <laughs> um, Power love, Huey Lewis. That's a great song. Uh, don't you forget about me. That's a Again, great song. To me, that's the song that defines. You know what, Matt? We should play that song. We should. Totally. That's a joke, everybody. Um, Matt and I have played "Don't You Forget About Me" live, like probably. Uh, 
gazillion times. 500 million times. Anyway, um, go ahead. But we're talking, again, so like instrumental themes were huge, like the Miami Vice theme and Axel F. There oh, were, yeah. There were things about music in, in, in 85 that like, it didn't matter if there were words or not because it encapsulated- Soundtrack. What, the man. soundtrack, absolutely. Um, Duran Duran had View to a Kill and yeah. Wild Boys. Like It was a oh, big year for them. Love that. Um, and as Carrie Ann reminded me, one of the Duran boys was actually in View to a Kill. And it was not the Taylor Boys. It was um, Carrie Ann. Type it up. Come on, who's who's the who's the non-Taylor Duran? Nick Rhodes. Nick Rhodes. Thank you. Yeah, he was the photographer at the Eiffel Tower. In oh, okay. Well, yeah, and then and then they spoofed that in the video too, because yes, exactly. then they had them all acting. Yes, exactly. Um, you had Chicago. You're the inspiration. And that's that, okay. That but that to me was like the 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 Peter Cetera kind of explosion of who Peter Cetera was as a singer, like that era of Chicago. And then Peter kind of jumped off on his own and he did, you know, the, um, the Karate Kid 2 soundtrack sure. and like all of that. It stuff. was all soundtracks. Man. Yeah. Like 85 was the year of the soundtrack. I mean, Raspberry Beret, Material Girl, yep. uh, Summer 69, Walking on Sunshine, uh, California Girls by David Lee Roth, yep. Jungle Love, Morris Day in the Time. Oh, I mean, man. there was so much awesome music that was coming on. And what's funny about for me, music in general and, and the fashion sense between Miami Vice, you know, the whole white jacket rolled up yeah. sleeves, neon, everything. Material Girl, that that tour that Madonna went out on changed fashion. That was oh, yeah. that's where your scrunchies came in. Oh yeah. That's where the uh the, the skirts came in, the skirts, skirts. tight skirt skirt with leggings uh-huh, underneath. The it. leggings underneath it. Like Madonna and that that tour that time became when you watch any sort of eighties movie now where the the costumes are that was all Madonna and her tour and all of right. that stuff. Again, to me, like I said, 85, there's so much about it that it's just become iconic that like when you reference the 80s, it really comes to 85 and just kind of the encapsulating 84-ish, 86. But this this is everything. And music for me, like I said, hands down, best music of the decade came out of this year for me. Wow. Yeah, that's tough for me. I don't know if I could say that it's the best, but there's definitely some of my favorites. And the song that yeah, fashion. So Carrie Ann, uh, big the fingers, gloves, gloves. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, the bangles. Yep. 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 Yeah, I agree. Um, for me, though, one of the songs that Along I Along to the city. Nice one. Oh, yeah. that's a good song. Yeah, the entire the entire Miami Vice soundtrack Glenn which Fry. is fantastic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. But the song out of this whole list, and there's some of my favorite songs. I love Take On Me. I love Every Time You Go Away by Paul Young. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Easy Lover, that's a great song. The Power of Love, Don't You Forget About Me. I mean, there, there's there's so many good songs in here. But the song for me, and it's kind of, I don't know if I'd say it's the 80s song, but it's pretty goddamn close. And it in in the same way that Don't You Forget About Me is for you, and it's that moment. For me, it's Everybody Wants to Rule the World by Tears for Fears. Mm-hmm. Like that song, it has this, even when it came out, it had this wistful feeling. Like I, I hear it now and I still have that same feeling I had when I heard that as a as a teen, preteen, back in 1985. It has this certain vibe into it it's it's more than just the words it's more than just the music it, there's a whole vibe of that song that really and it i guess in a similar way as don't you forget about me because don't you forget about me does that too i feel like it's got that yearning kind of feeling to it it's got this vibe and the way they used it at the end of real genius yeah mm-hmm. yeah and everything just like they used don't you forget uh-huh. about me at the end of um 
of Breakfast Club. So for me, I guess that would be like my my song. That's probably the closest thing. I think that song is an absolute work of fucking art, and I'm really glad that we play it in the band. Yeah. Even well, though- and, and Carrie Ann even pointed out the video for Everybody Wants to Rule the World was such a great video. Oh. If it if it comes on, like if I see it somewhere, if somebody posts it and in the news feed or if I'm watching YouTube or if I have on uh, Vivo or something on, on my TV and it comes on, I have to watch it. Even though I know every move, mm-hmm. I, I can sit there and tell you, I can close my eyes and go, this is going now. Kurt just got out of the car and went to the phone booth. And now <laughs> now they're showing Roland from the upshot. Now they show the drummer. Now they show the, the two black guys pop out the door and the, and the temptations. Like I know every fucking scene of that video. Hands down, probably in my top 20 favorite music videos of all time. So that's a good call. Good call. Shout was the jam. Uh, Scott says, oh, yeah, Shout's still a fucking great song. I'd love to do that one, too, man. Should pick that up. Fuck, yeah, we should. I've got a really good rocked up version of it right, that I could done. teach you guys. Yeah, But, yeah, see, everybody's saying Shout is another classic. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, man. I mean, fuck. And we, I, I'm I'm yeah. gonna go I'm gonna go off topic for okay. Now, uh, that Tears for Fears just came out with their new album, mm-hmm. um, which is stellar. Um, if if you haven't had the chance to check it out, it's really cool because uh, have you heard it yet? Oh yeah, it's much more like chill electronica. Yeah. Than I was expecting it to be, but they've really evolved. But you can they've but still it's got still the same, them. The same kind of shuffle that is still there mm-hmm. for most of the music that's in there. Uh, they're coming around on tour this summer, and they are honestly one of the, the biggest things that I'm excited about is checking them out. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, if you haven't had the opportunity yet, please seriously check it out. It's an awesome album, and they're really kind of staying true to everything that they were, you know, 30 freaking years ago. Yeah, there, there's, there's, yeah, there's a handful of, of uh, veteran artists that have put out records in the last several years that are really, really good. I should um, turn you on. A couple of years ago, I went and saw Modern English. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you know, we play them all the time, too. They had put out a new album a couple of years ago. Forgive me. I don't remember the title of it right now. And I I bought it because they played one or two of the songs at the show. And I was like, these are pretty good, man. Like this, this stands up, you know. So I actually bought it at the merch booth. I bought the the vinyl and I took it home and it's great. And I'm like, see, man, like there are still veteran artists that are making good, relevant new music. It doesn't just have to be you know, just play Shout and just play Stop the World to Melt With You. Like, they have other really good music. The Fix is another one that's been putting out really good music. Anyway, yeah, that's a whole other show. So as far as music goes, that that covers all the stuff I was excited to talk about. Um, You know, Megan, you were... Uh, I, on your what was there was one on the back side of your list, right? Number ten. It was just was heaven. Oh, Brian Brian Adams. Adams. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. He put out he put out reckless that yeah, year. Yeah, reckless. Didn't he? Well, reckless was eighty four, but most of oh, the, was most, it? most of the singles charted in eighty five. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I think I Brian Adams. Elude. You and me both, girl. Yeah, there's there's a bunch of albums that came out. Yeah, I mean, there's we uh, we could just do multiple episodes just talking about albums oh, and music yeah. that came out in '85 because there's like yeah, there's Reckless, Hounds of Love by Kate Bush came out, which is a favorite of mine. Um, Live After Death by Iron Maiden is an absolute staple for me. Um, Colin was actually talking earlier about the Rat album rat that came out and stuff. Year. Yeah, uh-huh. absolutely. You know, that's I'm. I'm always playing riffs off that particular album. You're in love and yeah. lay, lay it down. And we're yeah. always screwing around doing that stuff. And uh, the firm album, you know, uh, th- there's a lot of like really good stuff that came out that year. But um, well, you just mentioned Kate Bush and it's a conversation I would like to have at a later point. I'm putting it out there now. Carrie Ann and I, my wife and I will talk about Kate Bush all the time because mm-hmm. she is one of those voices that 
it's an acquired taste. Mm -hmm. It really is. And she is so very shrill. I am on the can't really stand her side. But I know, like, there are people that love her, like that late bar crowd. Like, Kate I'm, Bush is just one I'm of those. I'm a massive Kate Bush fan. I have. I, I just, I've never her. found the appeal. And, you know, again, she was one of the top charting artists in 85 with yeah. a lot of her stuff. And I just, she's one of those artists. I just, I don't get it. I don't see the appeal. It's, it's. Uh, it's our it's like artsy. a cat in heat. <laughs> <laughs> On certain songs, yeah. I mean, if you listen to something like Wuthering Heights and stuff, I mean, it's like really up there and shrill and weird. But then there's by the time she got to stuff like, especially like Hounds of Love, when she was doing like Running Up That Hill and uh, even that, like there, it just it it's it oh, just wow. Yeah. You know, um, it's it, a brilliant. What we were song. talking about what's the glopping, like that noise. Oh, that, like, okay. that to me is Kate. Yeah. That's that's Kate's voice. Well, fair enough. You guys like the cranberries, and I can't stand Dolores' yeah. voice most of the time. Sometimes, sometimes she sounds beautiful, yeah, but there's other when she doesn't do head. when she gets up into it's the same kind of thing. Yeah, when she gets all cackly, I'm like, okay, stop, please stop. I get you're Irish. I got it. I know. <laughs> I know. I'm Irish too. I know, but please, like, I just I don't I don't even like traditional Irish singers when they do that kind of stuff. You know. But anyway. That's but no, it's fair enough. I mean, Kate Bush is definitely an, an acquired, uh, an acquired. She's still mad at me about that. Yeah, Kara loves herself some cranberries. That's fine. I, you know, that's all right. They, yeah. they, they, they're very popular. So there's a reason, you know. Um, but in any case, uh, yeah, no, I'm a massive Kate Bush fan. I absolutely adore Kate Bush, and that was a bucket list thing for me. And then she finally came back and did like a couple of shows and was like, okay, that's it. I'm, you know, played first time live in like 30 years and now I'm done and I couldn't go see it because it was in London back in like 2018 or something. And I was like, well, there's, there's no way. But anyway, yeah, let's move on, man. We got, we got to get into some other stuff because there is, we, we can, can we talk some new stuff? There's some, there's some really cool stuff that were happening in the news in general. Ab absolutely. Yeah. Let's get into it. And now the news. All right. Yes. New we are. Coke. <laughs> yeah. New Coke. The first thing that comes up is goddamn new Coke. <laughs> uh -huh. And we've what talked about thinking. this in, in previous podcasts. Yeah. That like new Coke was supposed to be this big, awesome thing that was going to compete with Pepsi and take them on in the Cola Wars. And it was one of the biggest backfires in retail marketing food history. It's legendary. Mm -hmm. Legendary. Legend, wait for it. Dairy. And I hope you're not lactose intolerant because the second part <laughs> is dairy. dairy. <laughs> wow. You guys look and talk about me. Okay. Yeah, Meg doesn't care too much about this because she doesn't like Coke. I don't like Coke. Don't it either. hurts my teeth. Mm -hmm. I, I'm a Pepsi guy myself, but yep. this was like, I, when they kind of like walked it back and Coke Classic came back, mm -hmm. love Coke Classic compared yeah. to this. The new stuff was just, it was. It wasn't good. It wasn't good in the least. Do you remember this? I mean, you were five. I, Do no, you... I don't remember it. Yeah, it was, I would love to, because they don't have it at all anymore, right? No. Yeah, I think no, it been, stopped yeah. in 2002. Yeah. Something like that. Oh, really? Dead. Yeah, I, it's been so long. I would love to taste it again to try to remember because I don't remember now. I just remember that I never liked it, and I immediately only ever bought Coke Classic mm. after that. I never bought regular Coke. No, like New Coke was like like Max Headroom tried to like sell it, and even that didn't necessarily no. go over well. Um, but the other two pieces of uh, Coke news that happened in 1985, number one, 
uh, Coke was officially sold in the Soviet Union in 1985. Before really? that, yeah, you could not get Coca-Cola. Oh, I didn't know that. In the Soviet Union. Number two, Cherry Coke was officially introduced in bottled formats. Before that, the only place you could really get it was like at a soda a shop. A soda fountain. Yeah, it had to be special made. In it. But yeah, in 1985 is when they first introduced uh, Cherry Coke as an overall. I didn't realize that was 85. Yeah. Hmm. That sounds about right. Yeah, that was a big fucking deal. To it was me, huge, yeah. To me, that was a much bigger deal than the whole new Coke thing and yeah. stuff. Like, I didn't care about that. I When they came up, because I loved Cherry Coke. I grew up on mm-hmm. No, you don't like that. Mm-mm. You don't even Mm-mm. like cherry Pepsi or anything. Mm-mm. No, well, and that was like the no. whole thing. Oh, wow. Like it was, it was the flavored sodas, and that's what really kicked it off. Because after that, cherry Pepsi finally came out, and then there was even like a cherry Sprite, cherry like Dr these, Pepper. Yeah, the other flavors that came with that. But yeah, 1985 is where it all what? started from Coke. It's all awful, gross. What? Yeah. Why? It's no, it's disgusting. It just is. There is no why. It just is. What's disgusting about it? The taste. You don't like cherry. I like cherry. I just don't like it in my pop. Okay. No, no, how, about, okay. how about Green Rivers? Do you like Green Rivers? They're okay. So. Yeah, so, I'm trying to think about this. Have I ever seen you drink like a, like a, yeah, like a flavored, like you were talking about, like all the flavored, like, yeah, like Green River or. The closest I'll get is with like a Sprite. Oh, wait a the minute. The flavored Sprite, I'll drink that. You, or You like cranberry you you like the like Christmas sprites and stuff, don't yes. you? So that's okay. That's okay. But don't put it in the dark pops. Oh, Scott and Tarms, 1970. Oh, I completely forgot. Jolt, Jolt Cola, Cola was oh, introduced in 1985. Like, was it Jolt, really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was created in 1985. It's like the highly caffeinated. Yeah, if you got Jolt, like that was like the Red Bull of the Oh, era. I know. Jolt oh. was Awesome. Oh, I know. Oh uh, that God. was a, yeah. That makes sense. It would have been around that time, probably like eighty five, then eighty six. That me and my best buddies, um, Steve and and George and them, we would go to if we were staying over at like one another's house. Uh-huh. We'd usually get us one of our moms or somebody to like swing us like pick up videos, you know, rent videos for the for the weekend, and swing through Seven Eleven, and we would get one or two <laughs> two liters of Jolt. And we would get just massive Seven Eleven nachos, mm. the seven with, with, yeah, with yeah. nachos oh, yeah. and the yeah, chili, yeah, just smothered, smothered with, with the that, chili, like. the cheese. And we would go back to like Steve's house or something and watch like Nightmare on Elm Street or watch you know Weird Science or something yeah. that just came out on video and drink all of that jolt and just be like every bouncing off the wall. Is that what you drank on your way here? Is that jolt? Apparently so. Is that what happened? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah, you're like. Talking a million miles an hour. I, I, I love you're 1985. So, like this is. I've you're been, so uh, jazzed tonight. It's so stoked cute. about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, somebody's oh, got to talk. Cherry RC. Oh, it's even worse. Oh, yeah. Just, you Carrie cannot Anne. put flavored. Oh yeah, Cherry on your right. Cherry. Yeah. Yeah. Cherry RC. Yep. Yeah. That so, came out in '85. Yeah, okay. So, so my wife Carrie Ann, her dad worked for RC Cola, and nice. they got they got all of like the test flavors that he got to bring Ooh, home. So she was that's like, cool. yeah, yeah, she was part of that sample family. It was to hear those stories. Yeah, I well, loved see, RC growing up. <clears throat> I was just gonna not say, the I was just gonna say, being a Southside Chicago kid, man, RC is where it was at. Yeah, that was really honestly. That I mean, I I wasn't super picky about it, but. Even now, and I don't really drink colas much anymore. I can't, you know, for health reasons. But even now, if I had my choice, if I was going to drink cola, and it was like, you're going to get Pepsi, you're going to get Coke, you're going to get RC, I'm always a fucking RC Mm -hmm. guy. Like, I love the taste of RC. RC and a fucking good Chicago Japo's 
Giordano's fucking pizza. Yeah. Oh, the Perry's. Dude. Yeah. That's, Our steamed pizzas. There yeah, you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They got it. Yeah. You know, that's that's where it's at, man. From Chicago, you know this stuff. Yeah. Um, so some of the other new stuff I wanted to cover in here. Yeah. Uh and I think you had it too. The Titanic was discovered in yep. 1995 was, yes. by Dr. Robert Ballard. And uh, um, oh. so. Nope. Why did that open, no. the, wrong it opened the wrong one? Come on, not pizza. Puff. There it is. There we go. <laughs> there it is. We found it. So, we found the Titanic. So, my rant off the rails is I was obsessed with the Titanic when I was a kid. Um, there was a book called. Uh, 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 like Cruise of the Titan or something like that. And it was actually written a couple of years before the Titanic sailed. And it was the story of this biggest ship that had ever existed called the Titan. And it actually <laughs> hit an iceberg and sank because there weren't enough lifeboats. And it actually, you know, happened with the Titanic. Okay. But I was just obsessed with the idea of like shipwrecks and being out in the middle of nowhere. And like the, the idea of open sea terrifies the hell out of me. Oh, yeah, me too. So like being out there in this cold water and everything and, you know, with nobody to rescue you is one of those like not nightmare-inducing things, but in a way that I was just enamored with it. And when Dr. Ballard found the Titanic, I thought it was the coolest thing in the mm -hmm. world because, like, now we had answers and why did it sink because it was supposed to be unsinkable. And, you know, the ideas that that all of these scientists had had about why it sank and how, like, it was an ice cube tray and how you kind of fill it and the water kept going over the bulkheads until right. it finally sank. And then when they found it in two pieces, that wasn't the case. It, you know, it sank a little bit, but then the weight of it broke it in half, and that was such a huge thing to be discovered. Yeah, that's right. They didn't know that till no. then. No. Yeah. And I remember uh, I, was, I was St. John the Baptist. We had an opportunity to go to the Museum of Science and Industry, and on the screen, it was Dr. Ballard. He was still on the boat, and, you know, he was talking to us as this group in one of the auditoriums at Science and Industry. And one of the kids in my class had an opportunity to ask Dr. Ballard a question. And I was trying my best to be that kid that could ask a question. And it went to Mary Barlow instead. And I'm still, <laughs> I, I still, I still hold that over Mary Barlow's head that she had the chance to be the one person in our class to ask Dr. Ballard a question. Because she, she asked was like a stupid question hero. Too. I don't even remember what it was because I was just, you were just so about mad. how pissed I was. That she got to ask this question because it was such this cool thing. I mean, this was, you know, this is like three miles down. The fact that they found this thing, like the science behind it was just amazing. And yeah, to me, like 1985, again, best year of the decade, they found the Titanic. It was awesome. I could just see you. You're like, you're there in class. You're like, you, you like you said, you researched this. You read these books. You watched the programs. You know all this. You're like, man, I'm going to think of like the best, most technical question that, that he's going to, the doctor's going to be like, like, wow, you know, that's a, that's a great question, kid. Like, you know, I can't, that's a really, really good one. Just expound all this fucking, you know, information and intelligence on you. And then Mary gets up and has a question. And it's like the one question. And she's like, so do you like boats? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mary gets up and she's like, is there still water in the pool in the Titanic? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Exactly. And you're just sitting there like, fuck. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it was weird, like, so uh, when they when they came up with some of the pictures that they had found, there were, like, shoes that were laying at the bottom of the ocean, and they were placed there that they looked like they were worn by somebody. Right. And as he was talking about it, he's like, yeah, people drown, they went to the bottom of the ocean, and over the last 80 years, you know, fish and other, you know, uh, deep-sea animals had pretty much eaten the bodies away, they have dissolved. You know, the the clothing had pretty much dissolved, but it was the leather of the shoes that were still sitting there on the floor of the ocean in, in the position that they died. Wow. And there was so much of that that, like, it just resonated with me in this 
really creepy, morbid, morose kind of way, but it was so very fascinating at the same mm-hmm. time. It was it was it was amazing. So yeah, Titanic. Woo. <laughs> top of the world. Top of the world. <laughs> so speaking of top of the world and no yeah. longer on the top of the world, <clears throat> David Lee Roth leaves Van Halen in nineteen eighty five. Oh, yeah. That was Oh yeah, that did happen in eighty five, huh? Happened in eighty five, and then it came out with the that little like Crazy uh, from the Heat. Yeah, crazy. Well, before that, it was the EP that had California Girls. That was crazy. From the heat. It was a crazy from the Heat. Yeah. No, um, then the album he made in eighty six was Eat 'em and Smile. Thank you. But what yeah. was the one after that? After Eat 'em and Smile, yeah. Skyscraper. There we go. And then <laughs> that's why. And I then keep in nineteen ninety, nineteen ninety, a little ain't enough with yeah. Jason Becker on guitar. Yeah. Pre. Uh, ALS, unfortunately. But like with with Roth, when he left and he did, you know, California Girls and he did Just a Gigolo, it was like one of those things like, okay, he left, but he's still the same David Lee Roth, and I'm cool with that. Yeah, and I, you know, I dug, and I especially as I've gotten older, I appreciate even more. I dug like 5150 with Sammy Hagar mm-hmm. and stuff, but. Oh, I, I love, I love Van Hagar. But it was a totally different band. It I don't was. care how much it was like, well, but it's still Eddie and Eddie. Yeah, but it was, it just, everything about it, their sound, their direction, their style, their vibe, it was just totally different. So anyway, we're back talking on music that's stuff. Right. But yeah, so that's, you, that's, a, that's yours a good Yours on, your, your next on your list was kind of interesting too. Mm. The cold snap of January. Uh-huh. Yeah, so I guess like all the eastern states had this really extreme cold snap. It went all the way down to Florida. Mm-hmm. That was insane. And then I guess in Arizona, was it Phoenix? I think it was Phoenix. Yeah. Got three inches of snow. Yeah, that doesn't happen. And <laughs> then like Ohio, Pennsylvania, and New York, and Ontario all got hit by like 41 tornadoes all yeah. on the same night. Yeah. The thing I remember about that is Florida lost 90% of their orange crop. In I those remember days. that. Yeah, yeah, everything. Yeah, so like I remember orange juice prices being sky high that year because that that cold snap just wiped everything out. It's like ninety percent of everything. The orange wow. apocalypse. Yeah. Orange it was apocalypse. the orange apocalypse. Was it kind of like this year where all the lizards die because it got so cold in Florida? Yes. Yeah. We were really, I didn't concerts. hear about that. Yeah. No. Yeah. No, I didn't hear about that. That's you, terrible. Yeah. After like a certain temperature, when it lowers, they just kind of go into this paralysis. So, oh. Yeah. That yeah, sucks. Follow the trees. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it, it's it's interesting because they they said now this happened what it was like to the last week of January in eighty yeah, five. Like, mm-hmm. 18 to 22nd or somewhere in somewhere there, around 20, there 22nd, something like that now how did that compare to the the polar vortex we had back in what was that 2019 so remember we got hit with that really bad really really bad cold. i was in florida that week i didn't care i didn't either because i was in california <laughs> <laughs> so i have no i have no recollection of it whatsoever meg's like fuck you guys <laughs> fuck both. i was in california Take one of these I, and one of these dude i was literally there i was right after the nam convention and i was there and i was supposed to fly home like the next day or whatever and then all of a sudden my my phone lit up and it was like you know, Southwest or whatever it was like notifying you're like your flight has been canceled call immediately but i'm like my flight's been canceled so then I call home and I find out they're like, dude, it's it's like thirty below zero or forty below it's like zero. Like the day after tomorrow over here, right? Exa- exactly. <laughs> and everything they're telling me, they're like, yeah. And then I found out, and then I found out that I wasn't going to be able to fly back because I was supposed to fly back on like a Tuesday. I wasn't going to be able to fly back until at least Friday. Oh, I remember I, that. Yeah. And I was yeah. like. Oh, yeah, because I was in the band, wasn't yeah, I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we, we, already... we had like a gig that weekend. Yeah, and we we were like uncertain if you were going to make it back in time. Yeah, I did make it's it back great. in time. <laughs> I did make it back because it was that Saturday. Yeah. I just made it back in time. But I remember just being like, yeah, it's 
It's a real bummer, man, that I'm stuck out here in <laughs> Southern rough. California. And it was on my birthday, too. So I was like, that kind of sucked because I was on my own. But but I was on my birthday, and I'm like, I'm like, yeah, so what am I going to do for my birthday? I'm like, I'm going to go sit in the fucking hot tub at the hotel. Did you do a whole bunch of nothing. <laughs> I did. I, I, uh, I went oh, like. Pizza in the hot tub. I got, I, yeah, exactly. I think I went across and got like pizza or I got tacos or something like that and just hung out in the hot tub because it was in like the early, the lower 70s out there. It was amazing. Anyway, sorry. No, no, no. Because no. I, I, I wasn't <laughs> anyway, in there and it was awesome. I, but yeah. I, just, I just was curious like because to me. That, yeah. I don't remember. I remember this happening, but I don't remember what it felt like. I don't. Re- I don't remember a lot about it. So I'm just curious, like how it compares. You know, like if the '85 one was more drastic than the 2019 one. So anyway. So I have three more pieces of news that I kind of wanted to go over. Sure. Right. Um, so the first one, which makes me incredibly sad, 1985 was the year that Route 66 was officially decertified and yeah. removed from the U.S. highway system. Yeah. No more getting your kicks on Route 66. No, no it no. is not. We tried, me and my mom, my brother may have been with us too, we tried to take Route 66 back from Oklahoma to up here. Yeah, it was exhausting. Yeah. Because it's it, not all in one piece. No, it's, it's not. It's, it's in like, segments. It's like, it's like and then little service roads that are just off Yeah, of. and then it's like, go, it disappear. It's like, wh- yeah. where did it go? I don't understand what we're doing. Yeah. This is before yeah. like GPS is where a huge thing. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. And so, we, I mean, we got so good. We are like, I'm so tired of trying to do this. Yeah. Let's, just, let's just get back on the highway. Yeah, no, I was obsessed with Route 66 for a while, too. And uh, right before I got married, uh, my best man had to go out to Arizona to uh, his, his family had a house out there that they were selling. So he had to go out and pick some stuff up. And we had originally decided that we were going to fly out to Arizona and then from there go to Phoenix, not Phoenix, um, Winslow. Mm-hmm. And pick up Route 66 and take it all the way back. And the original plan was he was picking up his dad's 1960 MG convertible. And we're like, how awesome would that be to take that on Route 66? The oh, romantic yeah. idea of it is awesome. This car was not the kind of car you wanted to take on that kind of drive. Uh-huh. But it also wasn't roadworthy. So we ended up having to trailer it. And the only thing you could find to trailer a car that size was a U-Haul box truck. So we did Route 66 from Winslow, oh. Arizona, pretty much to St. Louis in that box truck. And to your point, like a lot of Route 66, most of it is now that like service road that runs alongside the expressway and then it'll tuck into a small town. Mm -hmm. So we tried our best to find like the small towns on the way. And, you know, uh, the movie Cars had just come out a couple years prior. (laughs) So like a lot of that was based on Route 66. So we found a lot of these great little towns that um, that everything was based on. It was awesome. But yeah, after like day five, we got to St. Louis and we're like, fuck it. Let's just jump on the expressway and just get home because it's like the nostalgia was awesome. But after a while, it's not the same. And and Carrie Ann and I talk, as the boys get older, you know, it'd be cool to take like the two weeks and like do that from LA to California or vice versa, and then you know fly back at the end of the trip. But to to have like a full two weeks to really just kind of stop and enjoy and yeah. things like that. But yeah, um, you're gonna need more than two weeks. Yeah, I know you're gonna need a long time to do I'm, it. Yeah. I'm just I don't know why, man, but I'm just picturing like you guys. I'm just picturing the first fucking National Lampoon vacation movie. Oh, it's totally what it is. And we're in the family truckster and it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> All right, next up. Etoire Hector Biardi dies. Do you know who that is? I feel like I do. Chef Biardi. Yeah, Chef Boyardee. Mm-hmm. Yep, so he died in 1985. Wow, I didn't know that that it was that late. I thought he was gone way before that. Yeah, no, no, I yeah. I know everybody makes fun of me because they're like, oh, how can you eat that? I absolutely. I love Chef Boyardee. Uh, yeah, fucking, ravioli. Yeah. I, I adore Chef That's comfort Boyardee. food if ever there was some. I, that's Seriously. what I ate for lunch today. Huh? <laughs> yeah, I had, I had spaghetti and mini meatballs. 
That's, yeah. So yeah. thank then, you. Thank you, chef. <laughs> I appreciate it. Uh, the, my last point was that in 1985, cause this was my favorite commercial when we did our top fives, which the, where's the beef? Oh yeah. In a 1985, the where's the beef lady was fired from Wendy's for making a Campbell's soup ad for spaghetti sauce. And Wendy's felt it diluted their brand. So they let her go. Wow. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Did she have an exclusivity clause in her contract? Um, according to the bullet point that I copy and pasted from the internet, it did not say. <laughs> mm. No. Interesting. Oh, and also the uh, hole in the ozone was discovered that year over oh, Antarctica. Yes, it was. You had that on your list. Yes, too, I did. You? Yeah. What was the deal with that? I don't know, man. That's back when. Uh, yeah, they found know. it in like '84, December of '84, but it went mainstream. Like a huge thing, like yeah. yeah, it was like you know, like the protection wasn't there. Mm-hmm. And I remember, like when I was a kid, it was like fearful, like you couldn't go out in the sunlight anymore because it was just going to burn you directly. No, I know. Such a big deal. It's kind of like quicksand. Yeah, it was yeah. a huge, <laughs> yeah, huge problem. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially for somebody like me that was so. Yeah. blonde and, and pale and everything. Yeah, I was like, oh, you're going to burn up. Yeah. I'm still here. <laughs> well, and I know we have a couple other things that we want to talk about. And yep. yeah, we have not. one more segment. What is that segment? Which one is that one? Rash. Is it Rash? Oh, is that the random ass? It's, yeah, we do have, we got to, yeah, we're, we're going to talk about all the random ass stuff. Random you want to talk about the random ass stuff? I do, I do. Yeah, let's go for random it. Ass everything stuff. else goes in a random ass. Yeah, it goes everything <laughs> else. We just shove it right up the random ass. And this is, this is when all the other, so we talked about music, TV, news, events, mm-hmm. movies, but then there was all sorts of other random ass shit that happened and it's in, and we call it the Rash Files. <laughs> And more. (laughs) That's my favorite part. And more. Yeah, I thought that was funny. But anyway, yeah, so there's all kinds of stuff to talk about with the random stuff. Do you have anything in particular you would like to bring up? I have two. I have two. Um, And they're both comic related because it was kind of the turning point for comics in the 80s because, you know, being the comic kid that I was. Uh um, uh, For DC, this was their Crisis on Infinite Earths. Oh, that was 85. And um, for those of you who pretty much follow anything current with a, a lot of the universe um so first of all that was the year that they killed off supergirl uh-huh. um which which wasn't as bad for me as this is when uh the Bally, barry allen flash yes dies, that sucked and everything kind of amazing splits though. into everything from that so if you've been watching you know flash on dc like all the other you know the uh the flashes that you're finding all the other people that are coming through everything from those storylines is really based on that comic series from 85 um, so to me, I mean, that was really huge. And I didn't realize it at the time, but so much of what DC has done, it really has a lot of basis in that Crisis on Infinite Earth that happened in 85. Crisis on Infinite Earths is is one of the easily in the top five best things that DC ever did. Mm-hmm. It was really moving. Like yeah. it was it was like. It, Holy was so, shit. it was so like it was so deviating from everything else. It was yeah. Really it needed cool. to happen yeah. though. It was it was good that they did that because the with the real quick to explain it. So what they did with this Crisis on Infinite Earths thing is they realized that after DC being so old, right? I mean, it's older even than Marvel, right? They had had so many different offshoots and so many different stories. I mean, that there were technically like. So 
like so many different Supermans, you know, because there was like there wasn't just like one Superman series. There was Superman and there was Adventures of Superman. There was Superboy and there was Action Comics, blah, blah, blah. And they didn't always like work, you know, in tandem together. So the and that happened with Batman and all of them. So what they found they had was they had all these like there was Earth two, you know what I mean? And earth in regular earth and earth two, blah, blah, blah. So they decided they were going to basically kind of clean it and tighten it all up. And they came up with this whole like universe destroying event, right? Correct me if I'm wrong on any of this, uh, called crisis on infinite earths. And so that way, so you do spoiler alert for anybody that hasn't read it or anything. You do see a lot of big characters die in it, but it's not necessarily the character like you're, the most in some cases it is you know like barry allen or supergirl in certain cases there are certain characters that it's like oh that's the one that i mainly read or grew up with but some of them it was like the one from the alternate planet stuff kind of thing and now marvel's starting I was gonna say, it sounds like Mar- what marvel's doing well now. they're kind of come lately with this because marvel's whole thing was that they were always on about how you know there is no multiverse in marvel they were always very adamant about that and now there's a fucking multiverse in marvel and everything because mm-hmm. they've sort of painted themselves into that corner they they kind of have to do it because how did they explain all these things and then when you've got you know how come there are these movies are out with venom and mutants and all this stuff but they're not in the avengers movie so they're sort of like they have to make it a multiverse thing same idea they did that with comics and yeah i remember even as a kid i was 85 i was really really into collecting comic books you know like that was when i was fervently into it Mm -hmm. and uh that was such such a big deal such a big event and and the year before that uh Marvel had tried to do something similar with Secret Wars, and Secret Wars is really cool, but it was nowhere, nowhere no. near the level. But for Marvel, what they did in 85, and that was point number two, was they introduced New Mutants. Yes. And and, and that was such a big, big thing that, that has, again, and I know you can expound on this so much more than I can. It's been forever since I've read them. I just remember that being like the game changer that, again, there are evolutions and repercussions of that that we're still seeing in the movies and things today. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, because, I mean, at that point, um, X-Men had really started to see some bigger breakout success and stuff, because X-Men had been around since 1963, and it actually, believe it or not, for as big as X-Men are now, they, for a lot of their existence up until the late 70s, it was considered like a B-grade series, like it wasn't popular, Um it, it it really didn't do that well, and they had even kind of killed it off a couple of times and stuff. Then they came back with uh, with John Byrne, Chris Claremont. These guys got involved in it, and they came up with characters like Wolverine and Storm and Nightcrawler and and like a lot of the and Kitty Pride and a lot of the characters that became you know iconic characters later and stuff. Um, the New Mutants was cool because it was the first time we really saw. You know, we always, for one thing, I thought it was just cool at my age and stuff because it was these younger mutants. You know, we never, I mean, in the original X-Men, it was essentially like they were kind of supposed to be more like high school, college age, you know, like they were young. But to see like these mutants and everything that were that young and to have something that was the first new offshoot from X-Men right at the at the height of when that was going on. Yeah, it, it was a big deal. And it had some darker storylines and stuff mm-hmm. and things yeah. that were going on with it. And, and it, it's a lot to get into yeah. here and everything. But, yeah, that was, that was a big deal. Yeah. But with the random ass stuff happening, like, 
what I really loved about comics in the 80s is that you got into a lot, and this was kind of the kickoff for a lot of that other stuff, you know, like The Dark Knight Returns with Miller mm-hmm. that came out, you know, a year oh, later, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, The Death of Superman, your death in the family with, mm. I mean, a lot of what happened with The Crisis and Infinite Earths and even the New Mutant stuff allowed the artists and the storytellers to take them in a much darker direction than they really had mm-hmm. before that. And it was, it was really cool that for me, 85 again was that tipping point of where the comics were going to go. Well, crisis I think was the first time that the, the mainstream comics went in any kind of seriously dark catastrophic kind of direction. Cause we'd had stuff like Watchmen, mm-hmm. you know, we, we had all that kind of, we had, uh, you know, Alan Moore's stuff, you know, prior to that, that sort of helped set that up. But yeah, yeah, that's that's awesome. I'm glad you brought that up because I totally forgot about about crisis. Anything else? What, what's what's some other stuff, Meg? I got a whole list here. Okay. All right. <laughs> Let's lighten it up instead of talking about dark, our some. <laughs> dim comic book stuff. Um, you know? uh, bagel bites. Oh, yeah. no. oh now I can God. show your damn bagel uh-huh. bites. Yeah, bring, huh? bring those suckers back. Yeah. Yes. Bring back. Bring yes, back. Bring back. Bring them back. <laughs> <laughs> bagel bites. 1985. Yeah. Those were the bomb. I still love them. Oh, yeah. Oh, they're amazing. Um, two big books. Uh, Lonesome Dove book came out in 1985 that Never ended up it. becoming the yeah, movies. Yeah, I'm, I'm familiar with it. but I, um, yeah. The Handmaid's Tale was a best-selling book of 1985. Was it really? Handmaid's Tale is that old? Apparently. I didn't I think did it went that. that far back. I mean, I knew it was a book and everything, but I thought that was more like 90s. I didn't realize that was actually 80s. I didn't either. Interesting. A um, couple like sports. Uh, Mike Tyson made his professional debut as a fighter. Wow. And huh. proceeded to kick everybody's asses for the oh, next several years. Yeah, he still can. Uh, Michael Jordan was... It was his rookie year, wasn't it? It was his rookie year. He was named M- MVP. What is it? MVP. Rookie yeah. of the year. Yeah, yeah, he was rookie of the year. I put bulls on the map so they weren't so crappy anymore. <laughs> um, I love your last one on that list. What's this the one? last one? Uh-huh. <laughs> so yeah. some game, uh, The Oregon Trail. You have Came died out. dysentery. Yeah. <laughs> you have died of dysentery. Damn it, again? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> I've never played it. No. Oh, my God. Oh, like... yeah, that, that was the game before... The NES uh-huh. came out in 1985, yep. All right. later that year. Now, Megan, did you have a computer lab at school? No. No? Oklahoma didn't have computers? No. <laughs> Not that I remember. At, at St. John the Baptist, we had, uh, right around this time, it was like 86, 87, they had just gotten computers in because like <clears throat> they weren't a fad anymore. And like you could go in and like this is back like you had to type everything. There was no mouse. Yeah. Like you had to do all the, <laughs> yeah. the C prompt and everything. But like they had maybe four copies of the Oregon Trail. And if you were one of the kids in class that got the Oregon Trail, it made your day. Like you were the cool kid in class because you got <laughs> to play it. It was it was amazing. Oh, I do remember that now. Yeah. I think we had that at Whiting. Hmm. Huh. Yeah, that's cool. I, I have to be honest. I was so, I still am. That's why I, I, I hate computers. I fucking hate computers, man. I, they're totally useful. I use them every goddamn day for everything now. But really, in my heart, I hate computers. I don't find them interesting. I don't care about the technology of it. I, I don't care about computers. 
I they're annoying to me. And when I was in high school, I really wish I would have paid more attention <laughs> when I was in computer class because I didn't give a flying fuck about these fucking computers. And I had like because my dad was always I mean, he was an electrical engineer after after he was a cop. He was an electrical engineer and stuff. So that's what he did for the rest of his life. Um, so he was always way into technology stuff, you know, like I, I, we had a, I had a, v, a VCR in 78, 1978. I was like the first kid in the whole neighborhood that had one, you know, I was always that kid. And we had, uh, an Apple back in whenever that would have been, I guess, 85, 86, we got like a, you know, very expensive computer. And my dad was real proud of it. And he was like, yeah, you know, we got this in use. And I didn't give a Damn about that thing. I didn't want nothing to do with that thing. <laughs> and I wish. What did you do? Are you bleeding? I am. Yeah, what I don't is know how did you do I that? No you got a nice white jacket on. I know. You're I'm bleeding. Terrified. I know. I know. Carrie Ann, we got a bleeder here. Yeah. We got a bleeder. <laughs> <laughs> For the folks that can't see what he's uh, that you're listening, he's attempting. He's just licking up his own blood. <laughs> well, I can't like leave the studio. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Um. Wow. Yeah. A Carmen Joe Joe Juarez says I was a Carmen San Diego guy. Yeah. Oh, oh hell yeah. We love Carmen San Diego. Fuck yeah, we do. Yeah. Um, but anyway, before we move on, I'd like to talk about the NES. Yes, let's talk more about the NES. So um, they, yeah, yeah, it was because so, games were kind of like going downhill. The video games, yeah, they were when this happened, and it was a big hit in Japan. But they decided they were going to release it in a small market in New York. They thought, well, let's pick the hardest one to sell, right. in, and let's start with there. If we can sell it there, we can sell it anywhere, right? And they sell it to the small market. And then they even like guaranteed 100% the stores that s would sell it, mm -hmm. that it was 100% risk-free. They would take it all back if they didn't sell them. Wow. And thankfully, their gamble paid off. And oh, we got sure the shit fucking dog hunt and shoot that damn dog every day. <laughs> Stop laughing at me. It's not funny. <laughs> Meg has real issue Stupid with that dog. dog. And then, obviously, they come out with Mario Brothers and game over. Yeah. Do you know when uh, when NES, the Nintendo Corporation, was founded? I do not. No. 1889. Really? Oh, wow. Yeah. It is like the if, one of, if not the oldest company in Japan. Wow. Wow. Yeah. What is this? So we got people commenting about this, of course. We got, uh, well, your Carrie Ann says you're a gusher. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's putting pressure on it. We're good. It's a gusher. Um, NES was considered a toy, not a console. That's, hmm. yeah, nah, you know getting technical about shit like that now catering to the kids well i mean but at the same time I, I don't know i feel like nes was to me when i was around then and everything nes was like the step up i mean like i was still playing with atari 2600 and we a lot were the of, sega family like i like I told you yeah. before like we picked the wrong technology all the i time. don't think it was wrong because i love sega i love Genesis. sega but sega was not the it was not it wasn't number one. It, it was wasn't. number two. Yeah. But that's all right. There's nothing wrong with number twos. No, I yeah, my dad. I'd have to fight my dad to be able to play the NES. Yeah. Of course, I was like flinging the remote everywhere and ripping it out of the console, but whatever. That what happened? <laughs> <laughs> Who I'm was a, ripping it out? I was. Oh, okay, good. Because I was like... <laughs> oh, geez. Yeah, I was one of those, so... I was always... We I finally got the wireless. <laughs> I was the throwing... Guy took after my father. My father no. and I were, what? You throwing something? Having tantrums, getting really mad, destruct, destroying shit. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. I know it's no shock to anybody that knows me. I'm weird. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm the guy that smashed a Les Paul behind fucking jalapenos one night because I hated my band. But anyway, um, so... <laughs> FYI, man. <laughs> yeah. At cool. the t- it was a bad day. It was just a bad day. But anyway, um, yeah, I used to throw the controllers all the time. We went through, my dad and I went through so many fucking joysticks, man, because we were just like, fuck this fucking thing. And get really mad at fucking Yars Revenge. But you know what? I kick ass at Yars Revenge now. Paid off. Better than Mario Kart. <sighs> anyway, moving on. Oh, okay. So people, what I can't stand computers. See, I'm with you. <laughs> but uh, anyway, no, I... I I didn't come along to NES until much later. I had friends. I would always watch my friends play. Like after school, they'd play like Castlevania and stuff like that, and Simon's Quest and, uh, you know, Super Mario 3. Like I, I, I enjoyed watching my friends play it and stuff, but I never really had like the patience to sit down and play it. I was practicing my guitar, so. And I still suck at that too, so. <laughs> never, none of it paid off. But anyway. So, yeah, we can move on now. <laughs> All right. So, um, we already talked about Route 66. Um, Calvin and Hobbes. That's what I would like nice. to bring Debuts up. Debuts in 1985, November. Anybody, Bill Watterson's awesome. Yeah, I was saying, anybody here a Calvin and Hobbes fan? Yeah. Oh, man, I have it. I have all of them. I have all the volumes, all Do the you? books. Yeah. I absolutely loved loved it. I, I got it right away. You know what I mean? As soon as I was reading, I was like, okay, this one's for me. It's mm-hmm. so funny. Um I love that, you know, Hobbs is just a stuffed tiger because I, I love stuffed animals. People can make fun of me. I don't really give a fuck. Um, you know, I love animals. You know, I wish I could have a real tiger. I can't have a real tiger. So I'll take a stuffed one. That's fine. Especially if he talks to me and hangs yeah. out. And I just love the fact that the tiger, even though he's stuffed and imaginary, he's so much smarter. Oh, yeah. He's so much smarter. He's so droll. Yeah. So much wiser than, yeah. I, than I, Calvin. I love uh, the Spaceman Spiff. Spaceman Spiff, does. Yeah. That is awesome. And uh, all of Calvin's, every single time that he does his uh, his snowman. I was just going to say the, the mutant snowman. snowman. Yeah, the, the amazing, yeah. Yeah, I used to back in like the early 90s when like having decals and things on your guitars was like the big thing. You know, I had I had one guitar. It was like a Dean Strat style guitar that I had decals and up here on the on the, the top horn or whatever. It had Calvin throwing a football and down at the bottom by the knobs. It was Hobbs catching the football. Nice. It was like so not. Metal, I but I didn't, <laughs> didn't care. care. No. I didn't care. Well, the Anthrax guys had like cartoon characters and stuff on their guitars. I was like, good enough for Scotty and good enough for me. Yeah, I can yeah. do it. So, yeah, but uh, that's that's awesome. Eighty five, boy, oh boy, great year. Um, then I also had Coco the Gorilla. Do you guys remember her? Yes, I remember yeah. Coco. I forgot about her until I was researching this. Yeah, yeah she, she was nice. She's certain lines. Uh, she was nice. Learned fine language. She was really nice. She was real nice. She was nice, yeah. She had the kittens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She kittens <laughs> and had the sign language. And mm-hmm. it was That was pretty cool back then. I remember it being all over the place, people talking about it. Yeah. Speaking of, yeah, speaking of animals and loving animals, but speaking one last thing uh, on this, because I, you know, again, I'd be remiss if we don't bring it up, but Mm -hmm. it was actually, 1985 was the first year that we got the first version of Windows. Oh. Windows 1.1 or whatever it was, wasn't it? 1.0, 1.0, yeah. First version of Windows and the world's not been better for it ever since (laughs) (laughs) it is and it's not you know in some ways it's great if we didn't have it we wouldn't be able to be doing this and talking to you folks right now that is true that is true you know but uh how about toys do you guys remember these so obviously you remember cabbage patch kids oh yeah that was all the rage then yep um do you guys remember pillow people yes oh gosh yeah pillow people they came out in 85 
Uh, the Pogo Ball oh. was 85. The Pogo Ball. That- okay, Pogo which ball. one is that? It looked like Saturn. It was like the ball. Right. That you, like, okay, ring so you put your foot on the on the ring around it yep. and you would bounce around. Uh-huh. I'm sure Theory. that was something that Megan wanted that was probably yeah, I- a horrible idea. Yeah, it was like the same yeah, with that Yeah, I-, I had one. Yeah, did it you? did not end well. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. It was bad. <laughs> um, Teddy Ruxpin came out that year. Mm-hmm. Teddy was pretty awesome. Like, I he was like, love Teddy Ruxpin. Teddy was amazing. I thought Teddy Ruxpin, because again, now by, by today's standards, Teddy Ruxpin would be you know super primitive or whatever. People Not don't understand. Then. That was a really big deal. I remember the first time seeing it, and I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. Like It's actually moving yeah, and the, stuff yeah. in time with, with whatever. what you're hearing on the tape. Yeah. Like That was... And, that was so nice for kids that that were like lonely or were shy and all, like I I remember seeing it because like I said I was too old by that point to have a Teddy Ruxpin, but I remember seeing it and just thinking to myself like man I would have when I was four or five years old I Absolutely. would have loved it because I was an only child and I was lonely a lot of times you know and I would love to have had that there for me you know because I loved my book and records and stuff when yeah. I was a kid. This would have been the next best thing. Yeah, it was yeah. awesome because I mean he had the tapes that he could talk with you, but any right. tape that you really put in, like if it was music or anything, he would just sing along and it was right. great. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and then these two cartoons came out the year before, so the toys debuted this year in '85 was Rainbow Bright. Yes. Oh boy. And the Care Bears. Oh, Ooh. the toys, the Care Bear toys, that yeah. Care Bear toys didn't come out until '85. '85. Wow. And it seems like it should have been before that, but mm-hmm. yeah, I thought they were yeah. older than yeah. that, yeah. but I guess according, that makes according sense. According to the interwebs. Yeah. yeah, you can trust the interwebs. Yeah. We didn't have that back in 85. Yeah. Rainbow Bright. You liked Rainbow Bright. I did, Rainbow yes. Rainbow Bright was awesome. Absolutely. Uh, Joe brought up the GoBots. You guys talked a lot yep. about yep. them yep. earlier awesome. with the Transformers. But yeah, I remember video stores were renting video games, and that was like the coolest thing. Like mm-hmm. You could actually go in and like try something for a night you know, before you went to buy yeah. it. And that was, that was the That's coolest thing. That's how we thing. did most of our games. Yeah. We went and rented them. Yeah, see, that you guys had that benefit back when I was younger, and I was into the, uh, you know, I had Atari 2600 and ColecoVision and stuff. You couldn't rent those fucking games. You had to buy them, and they were expensive for the time. I mean, most games were roughly around $30 to $35, which in 1981 or whatever, 82, that's a lot of money. That's like like 100 bucks now. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Well, we're going to get into that in the next segment. Shall we? Do you want to move on to the next segment? So, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to introduce a segment here that we're doing, uh, starting with this. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. The wrestling. I'm sorry, Joe. Yep. um, The WrestleMania debuts Madison Square Garden that year. That's right. WrestleMania debuted. Yeah. That was like the biggest thing. They came out with the wrestling superstars. I love those Mm -hmm. figures, man. Yeah. My buddy Nick, uh, he still collects those. He's still always hunting for those things. Those are great. They're getting really expensive now, too. Are hard to find in good condition because kids beat them up. But getting into another segment here that I'd like to introduce is, if you're familiar with our channel, you know that we've done various trivia things. We used to have our trivia torture that we used to do, and that we're we're bringing it back. It's coming back. We just we're we're working on it. I'm we're, bringing it back. Yeah, I'm bringing it back. <laughs> we're reformatting it a little bit and everything. Um, because we were kind of running out of ideas for it, to be honest with you. But um, I thought it would be fun to do something with this since we're flashing back to these years and we keep bringing up things about like how much things cost or getting things back then or new things that came out. And I have a whole segment that I would like to call The Price is Wrong. You blew it! You had it all and you blew it! You blew it! You blew it! You blew it. 
And uh, clearly I blew it because... <laughs> Where'd we go? I don't know. We're here somewhere. Lost. There we, we are. are. <laughs> so I have a bunch of uh, different things I wanted to bring up. Where did all my files go? How come they're not in here? I don't understand why they're not in here. Oh, there they are. It's going so well. No, I found it. I blew it. <laughs> you had one shot and you blew it. No, I found it. I got it here got for it. you. Sometimes it's weird with this OBS. You go to, you click on it. If you you don't click it exactly right, it's like it doesn't go right. But anyway. I had OBS once. <laughs> you get that taken care of? I did. I did. Good. My doctor, yeah. I wish somebody would take care of mine. So what I'm going to do with The Price is Wrong is... It's a little bit like uh, the Showcase Showdown on The Price is Right, hence the not-so-clever playing on <laughs> pun on the, the title of it. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to bring up some different items from back then, and I want you guys to try and guess as close as you can and see who can get closest. Without going over? Um, well, Ooh, you know. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, I'll let you guys know if you go over. Okay. Like like they do on there when, you, when you're when you trying to bid, you know, and everything. And everybody's gone over, and so you have to, you know. But if one, I swear to God, if one of you goes one dollar, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to smack you. But anyway, so what we're going to, I'm not going to smack you. I'm not like that. Do I look like Will Smith? Nah. All right. So anyway, I'm going to bring up uh, things I'm going to bring up on the screen. And if you folks at home want to play along, by all means, you can play along. I'll see. I'm sure we're not going to yell out the answer right away. No. But what we have first is. A 1985 Pontiac Firebird Trans Am. Okay? Okay. Which uh, which trim? Oh, dude, I don't know. It's just the, the standard. Okay. I, I, I don't fucking okay. know. I, You're going to get all technical on me about this now? I'm just curious. Like if, if I have to guess the price, like... The okay, well, is, let us know what would be the difference. I don't know. <laughs> well, then it doesn't matter, does it? It might. <laughs> I don't know. I just looked this up. I don't know that much about it. I All used, right. I, you know, I used to hang out with a, a girl that that drove one of those. Actually, Grand Am was awesome, man. Yeah, they were. Mm -hmm. I loved Firebirds, man. Those were so cool. But yeah, well, we've already got some people coming in. Oh, we got several. Yeah, we've 12, got 3, 000, 12, 000. That's all across the board. Yeah. So what I'm asking for from you guys is I'm asking for the MSRP. So, you know, obviously it might have sold a little cheaper depending on the dealer or whatever. But what was like when you saw the commercial on TV and it said MSRP, what do you think the cost of that? Because, I mean, that was like a pretty badass car at the it time. It was. It was. Mm -hmm. So we want to take some guesses at it. I'm going to go with eight nine ninety five. Eighty nine ninety five. Yep. Okay. I Megan, was, I was thinking eight thousand. Okay, so you want to go a little lower. I want to go even eight thousand. Eight thousand, and you've got basically around nine. I'll go nine. And Matthew is the winner Ooh. because he got closest uh, with the MSRP was eleven thousand eight hundred. Wow, really. That was an expensive funny, like, car for like its with, time. Yeah, with with Tarms nineteen seventy, I was actually going to go with eleven nine because it, it yeah, yeah, not bad. Wow. Oh look, Carrie Ann went for eighty nine, so Carrie Ann was right there with me. Yep, yep. Nice job, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I mean, th th by those standards of that time, because a lot of That's the other cars, a lot cars, of freaking money. If you got you know a Toyota or a Honda or something like those, were roughly around in like the six to seven thousand range yeah. new, but you know this was a was a sports car essentially, yeah. you know, so it was happening but yeah okay cool cool good guesses though you both got fairly close to it but uh not quite but yep one point to matt so 
I then, want a pen. I want to like. Yeah. <laughs> well, you got a blood. Why can you, you just can you just write it in write blood? That open. <laughs> just dip into your blood and Ooh, write it Panasonic on the Panasonic VH. Yes. Yeah, so the next one is a Panasonic OmniVision VHS, and this is from Kmart. Was it a blue light special? Um, I'm sure it was at one point. Well, I don't know if it would have been something like that. Probably never went on blue light special. You know, these these were way too expensive. Ooh. So. This was uh, a VHS player. I it was like at the time it was one of the first ones to have a wireless remote. I was going to ask if it was wired or wireless. Yes, it's yes. a wireless. It was one of the first ones to have wireless remote. It was the three speed. It had the two hour, the four hour, and the six hour. And I believe that the OmniVision also had the extra long speed that could do up to eight hours. Ooh, you know, which meant your videos were going to look like absolute garbage. <laughs> So, this was so I'm going to be going specifically by the Kmart price. So you can kind of take that into account too. I'm sure, I'm sure it was pretty close. All you know, depending whether it was Sears or Kmart or whatever, I'm sure it was fairly close. But I'm specifically took it from what Kmart was selling this because I think the Panasonic OmniVision was like their special. You know what I mean? So what are you guys? So Scott Tucker is in at six hundred. Okay. Denise is at nine ninety nine. Uh huh. I'm going to say 1200 Damn it. I was going to say 1200 Were you? Yes. Okay. So in the Trip T Arms is at uh, 550. 550 I'll do 1000 since he took my 1200 Joe says 120 <laughs> Joe, that VHS players, VHS players didn't cost 120 until many, many years later. <laughs> Carry in at 565 565 Okay. All right. Well, so if I had a buzzer, I would go... You oh, guys are both overbid, over. Huh? You're really? both overbid. Yep. So, so we have to come back down. You have come to. Down. You have to come down. Yep. Um, Megan, do you want to go first this time? Um, yeah. Once you. I'm look. thinking seven hundred. Fuck you. <laughs> All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with my wife's choice of five sixty five. Eh, you're both still too high. Seriously? Really? Yeah. Yeah. Because by. By this point, they were starting to they were starting to come wow. down. All right, I'm gonna go. I'm 300. Okay, 300. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna do Joe's 400. 300 and 400. Megan, point goes to you. Woohoo! The Omnivision VHS machine was going for 450 dollars at the time. Wow, nice. Yeah, Score, that was nice. That Thanks was Joe and, for the assist. And it's a little tricky because that Where'd was go carry on. That was that was <laughs> well. To be fair, that's why that's why I brought up that it was Kmart, and that's why I was like, I'm going by the Kmart price and stuff because Kmart had a tendency to be. I'm sure if you were to get it from like another specialty type store or something like that, it probably would have been closer to like five fifty something like that. Mm-hmm. So my throat's getting a little sore. So right, what's next? What's next? All right, do it again. We want to go. That's again. eager. All right, cool. So speaking of, you brought them up earlier. We are going to go with. The 1985 Ooh. boxed original Cabbage Patch doll. When Carrie Ann said, I wanted the one with all the deluxe feature, the nicer trim. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, features, yeah, yeah. Yep, absolutely. But anyway, so this one we've got is the Cabbage Patch doll. Now, these things, if you recall, mm-hmm. were all the rage. Pe- mm-hmm. Women were fighting and hitting and scratching at each other, trying to get these for their kids in, the, in Christmas of 84 into 85. And uh, they were, you know, they were pretty. Yeah, they <laughs> were pretty popular. Carrie Ann, thirty nine ninety five. We got twenty dollars. Jess says twenty four dollars. I was gonna guess twenty. 
I was going for 85. Oof. Yeah. Okay. Well, one of you went over, and that was obviously Matthew. Obviously, Matthew. All right. So what what was your guess? 20. 20. I'm going to go 39.95. <laughs> All right. Well, Megan gets it. Woohoo. Why? Because it was $35. Oh, you went over. I can't let you keep going down. <laughs> it's not fair. Fine. You're supposed to get one guess. I give you two. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> From, yeah, Reluctant 45, high 32, 25, 24. One yeah, it was, it was, it was, <laughs> when it first came out, it was $34.99. And I, I'll tell you, that's expensive. When you think about it, for 1985, $35 for a doll was very expensive. I looked it up. Did you do the inflation on it? Yeah, and I looked is... up the inflation, and it was like somewhere in the vicinity of being around like 100 to $120 for that doll. For a kid's toy, man. Yeah, and and not only just a kid's toy, but, I mean, women, they they bought it in droves. They were buying it like crazy. So Droves, I tell you. Droves, I tell you. Droves. All right. Now, this is moving on. I don't, not everybody necessarily loves this, but I think the all three of us. What is that? Bacon? It's bacon. Oh. So, in like, <laughs> what? I didn't know what that was. Okay. Bacon. bacon. I wanted to mix it up and try bacon. something that, you know, something a little different. Bacon. So, is this per pound? So, it is the 1985 price, average price for one pound of sliced bacon. 79 cents. Okay, seventy nine cents. He says, Megan. Um, I'm gonna go ninety nine. And another point to Megan. Ooh, really? It was actually a dollar ninety for a pound of sliced Holy bacon shit. back then for an average pound of sliced bacon. Which again, and I wanted to get into this. Yeah, we see. Okay, we got. 89, 150, yes. Uh, How many questions are left? Can I come back from this? <laughs> yes, you can, of course. There's still what? there's several more. All right. So what, is it three to one right now? Joe said I think so. Is it three to one? Yep. Oh, okay. No, it's two to one because oh yeah, it is three it to is one. It is three to one. Don't yep. you take my point from me. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, what yeah, one fifty. Again, the interesting thing about this one is that I found when looking up food prices from nineteen eighty five. When you do the inflation calculator, that the prices are actually just about exactly where we're paying for everything now. Really? Yeah. Hmm. It really hasn't changed that much. It might seem like it. You go, oh, I wish I could get a pound of bacon for, you know, whatever it was, $1.90. But comparatively, it'd be like paying around 5 to $6 for a pound of bacon now. So hmm. that's about right. That is about right. All right. So moving on. This one could be a little tricky. Ooh. It is a Sears brand. So you got to keep that in mind. Sears brand component stereo. It's 100 watts. It has a turntable and dual cassette and AM FM programmable radio. There is no CD player, but it is 100 watts. And it has full-size speakers and a turntable and a case. Now, what do you think that was going for in 1985? I'm gonna say five ninety nine. Hmm. <laughs> thinking, thinking. So we've got people guessing. It's seven ninety nine. We got six ninety nine. You got my yeah, five ninety nine. I'm actually gonna go with seven hundred. Okay. And you said five ninety nine. 
with you. You just missed it, man. I'm sorry. It is actually six hundred and seventy nine dollars. Oh, no. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Juarez would have got it because he said he said six fifty. Cool. 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 <laughs> but either way, isn't that fucking ridiculous? Six hundred and seventy nine dollars for a fucking component stereo. <laughs> Maybe. Matt's throwing a fit. <laughs> Oh man, yeah. So out of everybody in the chat, Joe would have won it because he got he got closest with six fifty. Isn't that ridiculous? Now there's an example of where uh, it is not inflation is not in favor of that. I cannot no. believe people would pay so much for a stereo. Oh, I would totally would have in a heartbeat. I know I yeah. would have too. But I mean, when you think about it, it's just like we've gotten so used to. I mean, now we listen to all our music on our phone. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like. To th- I mean, I love big stereos yeah, and all that. Yeah, thing was like, that was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> all right, just a couple more. So this is a 1985 Kenmore 1.3 cubic feet over the stove range microwave. And this was new at the time. They This was when the, the microwaves that you could put hang under the cabinets over the stove. That was like a new thing in 1985. It's 1.3 cubic feet and it's a Kenmore what do you think this the price that this uh, the MSRP for this was Matt you want to go first no because okay <laughs> um, you don't have to no 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 it's all right I'm gonna say 375 okay I was gonna guess 450. Oh, Matt. <laughs> he's, he's not taking this well. Trivia torture is going to be so fun with him. <laughs> oh, my gosh. When we get into trivia torture episodes, boy, oh, boy. Matt, we're going to have to make you the host. Yeah, apparently. Um <laughs> The price of this, uh, it was a little higher because it was new. It was a whole new fancy confangled thing having it. It was $550 for a microwave, man. Wow. Mm. And what were the guesses we had? Carrie Ann said $250. Mom said $399. $750. Yeah, it's really hard. You know, these are all over the place. It's hard to guess these, you know. So the last, to be fair, the last one. To be fair, you suck. How's this my No, fault? no, no. I wasn't saying you were saying that you were saying <laughs> you, that to you, me. You oh, I see, I see. Yeah. Well, you know. But anyway, um, no, to be <laughs> And it's funny, when we did the promo, you're like, no, Meg is gonna nail all of these things. Like she's just got this knack for like being right there, and I'm like, oh maybe. Well, there's one last one, and this might be where you'll have an edge over oh, on no. Megan because this she's look good. she's not too That's familiar great. with this. So what are we looking at? We are looking at a 1985 Gibson Les Paul Custom. Okay. Now it's, I mean, back then, I mean, it's just standard. Now, so it's not a standard, it's a custom. And to be fair, if you ask me, because I just realized, I don't, even though it's in the picture, I don't think this includes the case. This is just the guitar. Okay. Because I know the Gibson cases are expensive sometimes and stuff. So, for a 1985 Gibson Les Paul Custom, what did that sell new for in 85? $7.99. Okay. Okay, Megan? 
I was going to say like 3,000. Is that what you want to go with? Sure. You sure? Yeah. Well, then, Matthew, you get another point. Ooh, you got one. Yay. Because you were definitely close. It was eight ninety nine. Oh. You said seven ninety nine. Yeah. Eight ninety nine. Wow. For a fucking lesbian. You know how much I I would right. spend fucking eight ninety nine all day long on that guitar right now. <laughs> See, and that's why, like with like oh. time travel movies, like I would go back and spend today's money on those old I things. I know. And then I know. I, like, I would even, even that Trans Am for twelve thousand dollars. Dude, I would. I know. Twelve. And then you know enough for storage, you know, yeah. or find a really cool cave that yeah. you put into or something like that. Yeah, see, a lot of people went yeah. went, went high there. Like you know, Carrie Ann went lower, and then other people went high. One thousand. I mean, what is that worth today? That's probably like a twenty four, twenty seven hundred dollar guitar. Oh, That's more than that. Way that? more than that. Yeah, uh, a Gibson Les Paul custom like that, a Black Beauty. Um, is it closer to five or six? Yeah, it's like around okay. five. Yeah, I think it'd be right, like right around four nine forty forty nine ninety nine. Yeah. So See, the that, funny thing, like I'm not, I, I'm not a Gibson player, so I don't really know the right, pricing on those. Right. Like, if we were talking, you know, the Fender stuff, like yeah, I could, I could probably get a well, little. Well, Fenders that, have but. been, and Fenders have been a little bit more consistent. Like the yeah. Fenders aren't fucking through the goddamn roof with their prices right. because Fenders awesome. Not that I don't love Gibsons, but they're just as a company. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. Nicely done. You yeah, suck. that was fun. No. You suck more. <laughs> Man. Meg, you were great, and I, I'm proud to be uh, sitting next to you. <laughs> I say with all sincerity. Uh-huh. Sound like it. No, so it was what, five to two? Five to Six two. Six to two? It was five to two. I've got to get my game together. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, guys. I mean, I know it still felt, it's funny because this was like two and a half hours long yeah. or whatever, but I still felt like we like rushed through everything. Oh, there's so much there's stuff so I could so much oh, to yeah. talk about. Yeah. If anybody would like us to talk more about stuff like this, uh, you know, let us know. Um, I mean, we could. I'm sure there's things that we talked about, and even other things pertinent to 1985 that we'll cover in other, maybe more specific episodes. Like we were saying, like if we do John Hughes, or if we get into, you know, we're going to be doing a lot more music stuff. Um, I did the one episode, well, technically two, if you count the rock and roll hall of fame uh one that we did we've done a couple episodes based on music but we're going to do more of the music stuff coming up soon matt is going to be uh participating in that with me more too because he's got plenty to say about music uh in general and i know we've got a couple of our, our smaller you know geeking out about and those yeah. kind of things that are coming up too mm-hmm. so we're going to be doing a bunch of those smaller like you know digestible three four minute snippet kind of things um, we, we've already decided on our next top five, which is going to be awesome. So yep. we're going to do our promo for that. You'll be seeing that in the next couple of days. Super excited about it. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, yeah, so this was a lot of fun. And we are going to keep on doing the uh, the Geek Minds Rewind thing where we're going to pick more years and stuff. I would love to, even though not saying it's necessarily going to influence what year we're going to do. Yeah, I want to know what they want to know. Like I, what, what, what years do they want us to talk about? I would yeah, I already love. Had somebody request something in the 90s. Yeah, I mean, we're going to do 90s. Absolutely, we'll do 90s. We're going to do 21st century. We're going to do 70s. We're going to do 1941, and it's going to rock. I don't know if we're going to go back. It's not going to rock. No. <laughs> no. It might roll, but I it's mean, going to yeah. rock. Yeah, 41 yeah. is it's cool stuff in 41, but I don't think we could talk. That'd be, that might be, maybe we should. It'd be a shorter episode. No, it's it was so short. <laughs> yeah. Say that. It's not going to. I was just going to say, I know sh- tons of shit about 1941, so I'll still talk for two hours about it because that's what I do. But no, we'll probably cut it off in the 60s somewhere, maybe late 60s or something, early 70s, and then 
you know, up to uh, modern times. So we would love to know. Yeah, we're already getting yeah, people 99 saying. 99 and 88. 99, 88. Yeah, we're, we're, we're in it. Somebody just needs to say 77 and 66. And, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, we're going to be coming back hopefully in another month, maybe, or so. Some we'll do. We'll do another one of these. Yeah. And, uh, this, this was a lot of fun. This, this was, was really a lot cool. of fun. It's fun getting to talk about just a whole bunch of different stuff, you know? Yes. What did she say? 1948 was important. Well, that's because that's when she mom was born. I think so. that's a very important year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Go, Denise. So, um, anyway, thanks, guys, for joining me yeah, on this. This was fun. Thanks, thanks for sticking around, everybody, and yeah. putting no, your input in. That was fun. I know this is long. But it's really cool to see so many people stuck around. Yeah, we got 70s or 90s. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's going to be a blast. Seriously, thank you guys so much. This was a lot of fun to kind of deviate a little bit, and I'm looking forward to doing a lot more of these. Yep. Ditto. Me as well. And I am out of here. <laughs> see you later, everybody. Bye, guys.